Hey everybody, uh, had a fun time doing this podcast. I sat down with John Dow with the Woodlake Antelope Archers. So we had a really cool conversation about the course, uh, about the membership, about everybody involved, um, how they operate as well as they do, and uh, what's in store in the future for that club. Um, I was kind of excited to do this one because I've always really loved that range. It's been somewhere I've been shooting at since I was very young, since my first year into archery. Um, and it's so impressive. I said on the podcast, and I can't say it enough, it just seems like every year I go there, there's something new. The range is so well kept. Everybody's so friendly and fun. It's it's a great time. And as far as what, what this sport goes back to its core with uh, bringing your family and you know, having kids enjoy the sport and everybody just having a great time with their family. Um, there's no better place, really. I, I mean, I grew up doing archery with my family and this is one of the places we started and we all loved going as a family. And there's just not too many sports or things out there where you can have a mother, father, brother, sister, whatever, everybody get along and love to do something as a family. And uh, Woodlake is definitely a place where that started for us. So um, their big tournament, the Broken Arrow, is coming up. So far, weather looks really good. And I definitely want to see that shoot pack out. It seems like it doesn't need my help to do that. It definitely always does. Um, the last two years has it's it's gotten a little smaller the last two years in attendance at the Broken Arrow just because of the weather. A lot of people look at rain and don't want to show up, but it's a blast. There's so much more to it than just the shoot, um, and we really get into it on the podcast. And this is actually a really interesting one, and I think everyone will enjoy it. And I, if you haven't shot this range yet or haven't intended one of these shoots, I think this will make you want to because. It's just something that can't be missed, and I said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. I I will do everything in my power, no matter what, to never miss this tournament. Um, if if I stop shooting novelty shoots altogether, this is the one I would never miss. It's just such a great time. So I hope everybody enjoys this one, and uh, hit me up if there's any questions. If you need to get into contact with anyone um, at Woodlake, and uh, you can hit up their page, the Woodlake Antelope Archers. You can reach out to John Dow on Facebook. You can reach out to me, and I'll get you connected with anybody over there you need to talk to. Um, but, yeah, if anybody who wants to go to that tournament, man, bring your trailers up, bring your families up, camp, do whatever. You don't have to camp. Drive up every day. It's, it's, it's a 45-minute drive from Fresno. It's nothing. So... You know, there's been years I've driven up every day. And uh, like I said, please show up to this event and pack it out because it's so much fun. We all go there, everybody from Impact, everybody um, who you've heard on this podcast will be there likely. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and hope you enjoy this one. All right, John Dow, we're going. All right. How you doing today? I'm good. How you doing, Cody? I'm doing pretty good, man. <laughs> I'm uh, shaking off Vegas and 
already thinking about um, Broken Arrow. So yeah. I was pretty excited when you called in Vegas because by that day I was already thinking about outdoor season. <laughs> <laughs> that was Saturday. That was like my second day there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know your group that you go down to uh, Vegas with, I know they all come up and shoot Wood Lake. So yeah. And I figured all of them were uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we all do. And that's the thing I got to say about that range, man, is that's my, like, if I was, if I was getting paid big money to be doing this sport and traveling all over the world, I still wouldn't miss that shoot. Yeah. It is so much fun, man. Yeah. Well, we, you know, you've shot it since you were a kid. That's, uh, Woodlake is the shoot that, you know, everybody at Woodlake looks to make the people that show up have a good time no matter what, you know, yeah. enjoy the shoot, have good food, you know, just enjoy the atmosphere, dance, you know, drink some beers uh, out at your trailer, plenty of room. And it, the course itself is, you know, tough as hell too. So it is, you know, makes it, uh, it makes it overall a, a great weekend. You know, That's what, that's what impresses me too. Cause the course is, is it 28 targets? Yeah, it's 30 for a broken arrow. 30 yeah. for broken. That's right. Yeah, there's two we don't normally shoot at the other at the San Joaquin. Yeah. Yeah, the two add-on birds. So, that's that's what impresses me the most is I I go through that range and I look at it like right now I'm like, "All right, I'm going to prep a little better this year so I can shoot better." But every year I usually do the kind of the last minute thing and go up there. <laughs> yeah. And shoot like six or seven points below my average, but I don't really care because we have so much fun. Yeah. But yeah. when you step back and look at that range, there's, there's not really for me. There's maybe two gimme targets on the whole range. Yeah. And that's impressive. And and granted, it's thirty targets is a smaller range, but like I go to any other range I go to, I know especially the ones I'm used to, I know, okay, I've got like five gimme targets in a row right. coming. That's going to be a flat 40-yarder, big dot, a flat 20-yarder, big dot. I know I'm going to catch some points back or whatever. Right. But every every short shot you guys have has its own challenges. Every long shot has its own challenges. Yeah. I mean, there's there's constant angles, and it's. I think it just makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, the it's funny you say that because uh, you know if you if you go up to target two, three, and four, you know after walking from one up those stairs, you know you're yeah. trying to catch yeah. your breath, and it's it's not ungodly high or ungodly steep or anything, but you know you're still having to collect yourself and shoot a, a sixteen yarder mm -hmm. at a pretty good angle, not only up but you know it throws you off because of the side of the hill and it throws you to the right, you know, and then. You know, the next one is opposite, and you wouldn't think so. And then it's, I do, I, I love that range. I haven't shot as many ranges as you have yeah. you know, throughout, but I've shot a bunch. And just walking our range is a blast. You yeah. Know, just, just to get set for hunting season or, you know, the outdoor season that you guys shoot. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's a blast. I love shooting our, my own range. Yeah. You know, I just go up there and fling some arrows and, you know, grab an ice chest and put it on the top and, you know, halfway down, hope somebody <laughs> put one on the other side. <laughs> well, yeah, I, like, like you were saying, you, even target one, you target one and you, you got, it's a flat 60 yard shot yeah, right 60, next to the, yeah. yeah, 65 right next to the practice butts. And 
I'll be damned if my bubble doesn't fuck me up on that shot every yeah. time I get to it. Yeah. Like I and the times I do good on that, I I I maybe caught myself or something and just caught the edge and then I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I fixed it on the second shot. Yeah. But then like you said, you get to the top of that hill and and I guess you can say number 2 is one of those gimme shots, but it's it's still it's like a 17 yarder yeah it, i think it's 16 or 15 somewhere in there yeah and a, a good little uphill angle on it yeah um and then number three right after it is even is 25 yeah, yards yeah, and a, a higher uphill angle yeah. that one kills me every time <laughs> that that big rock that's right there yeah you were right close to the front uh -huh. shootings or the back shooting stake it throws your it throws your equilibrium I, oh yeah I, not your equilibrium but your distance and your angle that that target it, to me is one of the top three hardest targets for a bow hunter freestyle shooter you know it's it's 20 yards it's 18 20 21 somewhere in there and it's it, it, you try to split pins you're pushing it at 20 and i'm always pushing a little high because of the rock you know i'm right to stretch over the top it just drives me nuts hate that target Shit, I remember being like 10 and barely able to see over the top of that rock. <laughs> that was yeah. really tough back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. What's cool is I, I noticed every now and then on, on a really nice day from down at the practice butts, you can see that target. Yeah. thought, man, how many of you suckers have launched an arrow up there from the practice butts? <laughs> <laughs> well, lots. <laughs> Well, not during the shoot, obviously, no, no, but... but... Yeah, when we're out, uh, you know, during our work parties and messing around, you know, we get out there and uh, get our work done and we start drinking some beers and, you know, people want to go shoot arrows and we'll start there at the practice butts or target one and, you know, we'll look up there and, well, we're going up there anyway, let's uh, see what we can do, you know, and it's, shoot, I think it's 118 or 122 yards or some crap like that. Yeah. You know, it's out, it's out there and it's a small small uh target face so right you know you're out there trying to find one in the rocks or i mean yeah we we discovered some fun shots out there from all the years of um you know going up with with tim burnett and everyone we'd go up you know in the before, off season yeah. and just camp and and shoot the range and <laughs> we find the ones where like where where you guys got like the clay pigeon shoot where you can stand at the top of the hill and shoot at that clay pigeon or yep. you know the there's iron pig this down there yeah <laughs> there's a lot of fun little extra shots you can make on that range if you're by yourself out there yep and you know and that's one of the other things about our range about hanging out and uh, you know Tim coming out with you guys for uh, you know the week after you know in the summertime yeah. or in the fall or something you know we don't care it's you know everybody signed the insurance waiver and everybody's got to do that blah 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 but right you know one thing that i try to stress uh to everybody in our club and to people outside of our club is archery if you don't watch out it's gonna die it's going yeah. to disappear you know the people that shot in the 60s 70s and 80s you know they're starting to you know disappear and not shoot yeah. and if you don't embrace other people coming to shoot then you're at risk of dropping membership and you know losing shoots and you know then the sport starts to die and taper off you have to let people come out and shoot you know one of my frustrations with one of our sister clubs and i won't say which one but mm -hmm. you know 
I embrace letting those guys come and shoot our range. Come and shoot. You know, give me a call. Let me know when you're going to be yeah. here. You know, bring four or five guys from the club. Camp for a weekend. We'll do the same. You know, we'll bring some guys out and we'll have some friendly competition. You know, we'll do a little bit of, you know, playing a little horse, you know, like in basketball. Take a couple of shots from this spot. Who's closest, <laughs> you know. That's right. the stuff that makes it fun. Yeah. You know, and when people bring their kids, like... Uh, your dad did with you and you mm-hmm. do with your daughter. I did with my kids. My kids love to shoot, you know, and I know you love to shoot. I know your daughter loves to shoot. Yeah. So that's how you get people out there and enjoy archery more and more is embrace the archery culture as a club, as a indoor, you know, right. uh, tournament shooter, get people out there and shoot. You know, I know shops have to make money, but, uh, you know, you have to get people out there that, most of the time or sometimes can't afford to pay lane fees and let them shoot you know mm-hmm. it's, you're gonna get it on the on the in the long run when they're starting to buy equipment and that's their shop and yeah so. well and it's usually outdoor shoots in general that hook people into this sport but like perfect example my sister and brother-in-law who really got into it big last year um the first shoot was Woodlake. Yeah. And I was like, no, listen, guys, this this is the one you're going to. You, you're not missing this. Yeah. Like, okay. And they pull the trailer up, and everybody had a blast. Yeah. And they're so hooked that my brother-in-law is actually, he messed up his arm. And I was just talking to him the other day, or he his draw arm, his right arm, he did something to it. And he's like, dude, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull my bow back. I go, well, we can put a mouth tab on there, and you can shoot like, he's like, I'm, yeah, I'm in. Done. Yeah. Let's do it. Because I don't want to miss Woodlake this year. <laughs> I'm like, perfect, man. We'll Good. get it all set up. Good. <laughs> well, Jeff Fabry, you know. He yeah, got... Jeff. Well, I'll talk to Jeff and he'll he'll help us out with that. <laughs> sure. You know, that Jeff hasn't shot our range in a long time, but, you know, he hobbled around our range. and He did it for you know, a lot of years, yeah. yeah. Both in his wheelchair and yeah. know, with his prosthetic. So. Well, and you were talking about some of the, the older shooters out there. I remember... Um, because you, Frank and Becky Pearson have mm-hmm. been coming what the last five or six years now. Yeah, yeah, for years. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember it was a, a while back. Um, I think we were shooting one of the outlaw shoots or something. Might may have been even before it was outlaw when we were just doing money shoots. Right. And Frank was in my group, and we got to talking about ranges, and and he goes, he's like. There was this one damn range I went to in the in the nineties or whatever and and somewhere in California, I can't remember, but they had this this like fifty yard downhill shot that was a son of a bitch. And I <laughs> that range was so much fun. I go, Frank, you're talking about Woodlake, man. He goes, Oh, you know? I go, Yeah, we we don't miss that shoot, man. <laughs> And I told him about it again, and we started seeing him there every year after that. Man, him, him, and Becky always come. It's cool to see them there too. Yeah, and I, I can't remember how I met Becky and Frank. Uh, my wife and I ran across them somewhere, and it had to have been somewhere about the same time you caught him in uh, one of the money shoots. Because yeah. when I was talking to him, him and Becky started talking about coming back to Woodlake. Yeah, and. You know, we swapped numbers, and he called me, and I got him the dates, and it's that's when he started showing back up. So okay, it had to be right after. It had to be the same yeah. around the same time, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it, it's cool to see him there, and to hear uh, you know you have something when you hear a guy like Frank yeah. say how impressed he was with the range fifteen years ago. Yeah, and I mean now, I mean it, it's 
essentially the same targets, but the range is so much different. It and really, it's amazing. Really, I I love what you guys you know what you guys put out there every year. Sure. I mean, there's every year I go there, there's something new. I look for okay, what wasn't here last year? Right. And there's there's always a, a new little shooting platform built. There's a new snack bar or a rebuilt snack bar or a new target sh- structure. Right. You guys never stop advancing that range, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. I'm glad that – I know some people notice it and make mention, and I'm glad you do too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as backstops and, you know, pouring concrete and new bales and – you know, moving shooting platforms a little bit tweak here and a little bit move there. You know, it just changed the dynamics of one or two of the targets. And, you know, when you think you've got things, you know, squared away and you're, oh, I'm set. And you show up and it's moved eight feet over there. And you're like, gosh, damn it. Now what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't mind any of that at all. Because, I mean, I know you guys, if you had to move targets, I know you'd still make it interesting. I'd say, I say throw on that 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 uh which one is it like number 26 the one you guys had to change a couple years ago yeah down close yeah i say throw one more garage door on that backstop <laughs> and put it back at the top of the hill again yeah because yeah. that was a good little what was that like a 42 yard shot yeah that was a tough shot too yeah it's a uh it's a tough shot we put that bridge in down a couple of years you know like yeah I four or five that. years mm-hmm. ago to cross because we used to have to cross that gully Mm-hmm. Um, and then that one one year we had an incident where a kid shot his off and went into the ceiling of a trailer, uh, <laughs> and that that's what forced it to go up close. But you're you're right. Um, we've got enough work and helpers in our club and enough material. You know, we can put some posts and build that stuff up high enough i think yeah you know it it may be something that we consider in the future i know when we shoot the field ground we shoot it back there uh yeah but but at that point we don't have you know all the trailers sitting out there right right there's a couple options we could slide it over uh you know push it so you're shooting down the fence line in the backstop instead of you know down there into the trailers but yeah well i mean (laughs) hey if you're talking about someone sending an arrow over anything that was my buddy back god how many years was that back when my buddy patrick shot shot donnie senior's truck truck. (laughs) right after he bought it that was his new truck and he put a hole right in the door yeah yeah i was on 29 and we ended up moving 29 into the hill yeah because of the angle it put it it put it behind all the trees and rocks and everything yeah you know so nothing can get through now but yeah that was <laughs> last time I talked to him. He still has you guys made up a, a, a dumbass award for him. Yep. He still got it. Yep, good. <laughs> and you know what? He's never gonna forget. No, no, he'll never forget no. that. You know? you know, he's gonna talk about it, about that to his kids and his grandkids. Oh know? yeah. You no, know, we uh, we actually took an arrow, broke it, and about half and stuck it in Donnie's door yeah. and then put a uh, cotton tail that somebody had shot, you know, <laughs> put that on the door. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he finally fixed it after quite a few years, didn't he? Yeah, it was a couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> you know, but hey, oh, it's man. a good thing his window wasn't down. He'd have shattered the window. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It would it would have went in where the window was. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, we have we have such a good time there, though. 
Jeez. Oh yeah, I mean everybody's got a story, a fun story from Woodlake. We all usually, and they usually all come back up that first night, Friday night, sitting around the campfire. Yeah. You know, getting ready to shoot Saturday. But I think too, going back to what you were saying with, um, what you see with some of the other ranges, and you guys, I think. You, I think, like the way you guys work together. Is, is a big group of friends who all want the same thing to happen. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of ranges. There's so many other ranges out there. And it seems like everywhere I go, when you really talk to someone about the structure of it and the, the whole team putting it together, there's always some big drama between everybody. And it's like, yeah. we wanted to build this. And, and the old guys didn't want to do that. And then we had to listen to them or... You know, you hear the people who say the the board members are old timers who only care about recurves, right? Which doesn't make sense to me either, because really the only difference is that recurve shooters can still shoot hay bales. Yeah. And so I mean, if if you really want to fuck with hay bales, yeah. I mean, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> I have no desire to walk anywhere on my range. And drag a hay bale. No. Sorry. <laughs> you know. And, you know, it's not like... When I when I started shooting a bow, I started shooting a bow in my early 20s, you know, and it was just, just hunting. You know, I didn't yeah. target shoot. I didn't do any of that. When we moved out to Woodlake, there was a... He's an old-timer now, but a, an old club member that I grew up with his son... He says, "Hey, you! I've been telling you for years, come out here. So why don't you come out here and, you know, join the club and shoot?" And by then, I had moved close. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. as I told you, I'm only three miles from the archery club. Right. So uh, I showed up. Uh, you know, got to know some of the club members and started shooting and joined. And you know that that aspect of archery really just opened my eyes to how much fun it can be. Yeah. Know, the camaraderie. You know. Uh, and you get different camaraderie in archery than you do, I think, in a lot of other activities that you do. You know, people have Jeep clubs or, you know, golf clubs and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and they, they don't hang out like archery club guys yeah. do. You know, uh, you know for a fact that Friday night at Broken Arrow, if, you know, your group of guys, you know, they all have a few drinks and they go to bed and you want to stay up for another two hours, you know where you can go find somebody. Oh, yeah. You know, you walk right <laughs> by my trailer and you know that, you know, be damned if I'm not up. Yeah. Know, and grab a chair, sit down and, you know, you know that. And well, that's the thing. It's not just you. It's everybody. There's yeah. so many club members and you get to know everybody over the years that... Seems like every every trailer I walk by, someone's going, Cody. I go, oh hey, what's up? <laughs> you know. Yep. It's yep. it's awesome. And that's, that's yeah, and that's the fun. You know, we do the same thing when we go, uh, say we go to Fresno or we go to Isabella. Mm-hmm. As a club, we hang out together. You know, and if there's not enough room, we'll stay close. You know, and we'll barbecue together. And we we just we as a club, we love hanging out with each other, and. You know, the Fresno group, the Bakersfield group, when they come to our shoots, the Lodi group, you know, they all camp together. And you see a little bit of that, you know, yeah. in some of theirs. But, you know, as a group, us in Woodlake, man, we just, we love hanging out with each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. And shooting, I know a lot of them shoot recurves and, you know, yeah. fart around with that. I don't care. Yeah, you know? no. 
hey. it's all fun. I mean, yep. it it's amazing too when you really look at like what I'm addicted to on the target archery side and everything. All of that, all the 3D, all the indoor, all the um, outdoor, it was all put together. Like all the ranges were put together from bow hunters like you. Yeah. You know, yep. and you guys created what what we're addicted to. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we're all on the same page out there. But that's what I love about it. It's it a, a bunch of a bunch of bow hunters who love getting drunk <laughs> and getting yep. up the next day and shooting. Put together a range that kicks my ass every year, man. Yeah, I love it. Yep. You know what's funny is the years. The years it didn't kick my ass, like some of the best years I had was when I was a kid and I was too young to drink. Because <laughs> now I get there and I got to shake off the hangover in the morning. And, yep. But I mean, you know, my my wife wants to go every year and sure. my kid now and, and you know, my, my wife hardly shoots. Sometimes, some years she might bring a bow and shoot and sometimes she doesn't, but she still enjoys going and camping and hanging right. out with everybody. Right. You know, um, it, it's, it's, I, I want to see so many more people come to this shoot, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. What, like, what of the numbers, I know last year was a little rougher with the rain. Yeah. But what, what do the numbers usually go back and forth, like between, for Broken Arrow? On a, on a small, uh, a light year like last year, we had 150, 160. Yeah. And our largest year, we had 360. Yeah. And 360 is packed. That is very packed. That's almost that's like eight people a target. Yeah. Or more than that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. 30 times eight. Yeah. Yeah. God dang. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Our range handled it. And that weekend, that was four years ago or five years ago. We worked our ass off. Everybody did. Yeah. But you know what? The nice part about our range and our club is even though before that our previous max was 250 260 somewhere in there mm-hmm. and we jumped to 100 more shooters we handled it no problem it didn't yeah. even affect us you know uh, yeah we stayed longer we worked our butts off more we sold more dinners we had to cook more dinners that right. kind of stuff but you know it's not like it caught us off guard because we'd never done it you know it, everybody you know, hey, I'm tired. Hey, you start cooking. Okay. You know, we don't care. Right. You know, heck, I stayed out at my booth until, shit, two hours after dark. Old freaking Mike Hernandez showed up. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was his birthday, right? Yeah, I think it was his birthday. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, happy birthday. Every every shoot that Woodlake hosts that Mike's at, it's his birthday. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's his fault. That's all his fault. Yep. That started uh, shortly after I started over there. Uh, Mike came by, and I, when I first, I was only there a couple of years when I took that food booth where I'm at now, but uh-huh. it was under the tree. Oh, yeah. And Mike came over, and I, he convinced my wife that it was his birthday. And, you know, we all, me and my 800 kids sang happy birthday to him <laughs> and gave him free drinks. And, you know, Oscar came by, or I was talking to Oscar, and he goes, It's not his birthday. <laughs> So every year at Broken Arrow when Mike's there, hey, happy birthday, Mike. Oh. <laughs> hey, Oscar's just as goofy, man. Oh, yeah. I love Oscar. They're, He's so much fun, man. Yeah, they're a blast to be around. <laughs> and you know what? You learn people like that by being at the shoots yeah. and talking to them. I don't care. You know, 
it, it could be Mike's birthday every third day. I don't care. I love. Yeah. He shows up and we shoot the shit and you know make a corn dog for him and you know off he goes and you know that's <laughs> it's the same with with you guys. Mm-hmm. You know with you know when your dad was around and Tim. You know when the guys from Shafter you know, they wear the the referee jerseys the oh, black white yeah, stripes. Yeah, yeah. I got to know those guys at my food <laughs> booth. You know and it's. It's all. It's just hanging out and right. being that social butterfly with them, you know, talking to them and, you know, getting a heads up on them and want to eat a little bit and shoot the shit with them as they're coming by. You know, I got a good spot there at my food booth because I yeah. get to get people going to 14, 15, and then back around to 17. You know, right. I get to hit them three times and, you know, talk to them and harass them. And, you know, it's, it's just the fun of it. Yeah. You know, it's... It, I guess it fits me perfect, <laughs> being a, a mouthy butterfly. Oh yeah, I'm I'm always excited to get to your deep fried booth over there and see what what concoction you come up with that year. <laughs> hey, I'll come up with something. I haven't figured it out yet this year, but I'm gonna have to bring something something else and just hand it to you and say, all right, fry this up. Hey, bring it. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I had a guy bring me a Twinkie that he wanted deep fried. Yeah, but he wanted it wrapped in bacon. Oh my god. Yep. I did it. I did it. Did he make it off the mountain? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen him since the shoot, but yeah. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yep. Oh wow. Yeah, that that always gets to me too, because usually by the time I hit your booth, because I always start the same place too. Yeah. Where we do always you start? start um we always start at uh the short target right there by the cannon. By that food booth. Okay, so... It's Don Paul's 23. food booth, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 23. 23. So 23. I always like starting on that little... Sure. 10-yarder and then going up to the 20. Right. And then jumping on the long shot. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, usually by the time I get there, I'm, I'm already over trying to shoot good. And <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's yeah. something about... It. It's just... And I, I could care less how I end up shooting at this shoot, you yeah. know, and usually I'll tune myself up and I'll be ready to go by outlaw and all that stuff. But it's, it's just a good family fun there yeah. every year. And good, but you know, the more I think about it, just the more that range impresses me. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, for the last couple of years, we've done a money shoot, the bud shootout. Yeah. How do you like the format? I love it. Because I get to shoot with my kid. Cool. You know, I would, man, I would do, I would do every money shoot in the state if they did it like that. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't care whether it's blind draw, whether it's team event, whatever it is, you know, I, if my kid's interested in shooting, I want to shoot with her. Right. You know, and so... To me, it it doesn't make sense to get so so official with everything, like, our you know our outlaw thing is really cool, but in the end of the day, if there's a bunch of us who have kids that we would love to shoot with, are are we gonna slow the shoot down that much? Like, at the end of the day, we're all shooting the same tournament, right? You know, why not? <clears throat> and most of what we do is on an honor system anyway, so. Why do we have to be in a group together all the time? Right. You know, why right. can't we shoot with our friends and everyone and just trust people to turn in the right score? And that's that's the other nice part about archery that I found is, hey, it's an honor system. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, um, you know, having <clears throat> shot, you know, for the last 15 years, a lot of tournaments and a lot of courses, 
I mean, you know, I used to be young. I'm not quite so young anymore, but I used to <laughs> score and pull arrows, you know, and save everybody else from being tired. Yeah. <clears throat> and as I'm scoring arrows, if I'm looking at your arrow and I can't call it out, it's in. If I'm looking at mine, if I can't call it in, it's out. I'll give you the benefit before I do me. That's just, you know, that's yeah, just being honest. You know, yeah. being honest. If somebody else goes, no, 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 that's not. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, that's part of the honor system, you know. It's, yeah. It's a trophy. You know, it's bragging rights. But I'd much rather enjoy myself and not worry about the stress than I do anything else, you know. I yeah. don't care. You know, I'm, you've shot Redding. I've shot Redding. Yeah. Redding is... A lot of people packed in and a lot of shooting and a lot of, you know, by the rules, which is fine. But at some point, by the rules takes over the fun. And yeah, and you get a little, um, you know, with Reading, you get more of the NFAA official deal. Yeah. Like back when it was a two-day, if it was still a two-day, I would have never, I would never take my kid to that. Yeah. It's you know, it, it was horrible as a two days. And now that we're reading is max limit and you have to, you know, you basically have to be registered by now. Right. It's almost full already. Yep. Um, <clears throat> being a three day, I, I've, we shot it last year maxed out and it's still not that bad as a three day shooting 20 targets a day, but it still takes a good little chunk to right. get it all done. Um, but yeah, I lost track of where I was going with all that. It's, I sidetracked myself quite a bit here, but um, <laughs> the, the rules start clouding up. Oh yeah. yeah, so like that. That's where it gets funny. Like it, it seems like once you have a certain dollar amount on what you're winning, um, and and it gets more of a NFAA official event, you get a lot more serious people and yeah and i can see it you get guys flying in from other countries who are very stoic and serious on everything they do and you know i i could see how serious reading gets and i understand it but like i i would just love if our outlaw stuff would allow us just to shoot it with our families yeah yeah so many of us sure. have kids who want to do it and that's the thing that outlaw is taking shoots that were um that were novelty shoots for every club it's every club's big shoot right that we shoot at you know and man once my kid picked up a bow it got really hard to <laughs> not bring her and let her you know this year is the worst because last year woodlake has always been my litmus test you know i started her at three i think and she made it through half of the range right last year at four she made it through the whole range, and then we did. We just did in November. We did the uh, San, Joaquin. San Joaquin, and she made it through the whole range for that. So I'm like, you know, and she likes Broken Arrow, cartoon targets, and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like you would want, you know, it seems like there's got to be a good way to promote the money thing and and the family aspect of it. But I get, I understand too what Outlaw wants. I mean, it wants to grow, right. obviously, and it, it wants to be like like all that, you know, the NFAA official stuff is. And if it sure. gets there, you know, that's what you're going to have to have. If there's a whole series of 3D tournaments, whether it's three or five leading into Reading, that people can start making five to $10,000 at, then yeah, it's, it's going to get very serious. But a little bit of that falls onto the club as well 
Um, if Outlaw came to me as a president of Woodlake and says, hey, we want to promote uh, the Outlaw series at your shoot, mm-hmm. I would tell them it would be better off doing it at another time. That's... F- because... I like that you said that. Because... And again, I've I know a lot of you guys that shoot the Outlaw series, you know, and I know when you guys shoot the Outlaw series, everybody goes away and shoots, you know, in their own groups, mm-hmm. separated from the rest of the shoot. Right. You know, I think it's a little snotty or a little snobby. I don't care. That's you know, you guys are shooting for money. I understand that. Yeah. Well, and also they <clears throat> whoever's in charge is trying to formulate the best spread of everybody sure. so they can keep everything moving and you know you know the big thing <laughs> it, it seems like every range except yours and well you guys have probably heard it too but you always hear the those damn freestyle guys were slowing us down and yep. vice versa and then you got groups of freestyle shooters who are like these guys are shooting one at a time yeah. like <laughs> yeah no, but if you shoot Woodlake, if if it were to fall into the Outlaw series, yeah, I would push for it to be you know in mid to late April, you know, yeah, and shoot it then because then, you know, the fun part of Broken Arrow is gone. You know? Yeah, now you can show up and seriously think about shooting for a, a you know a money shoot. You know. Yeah, I think it would be uh, it it would be a bit of chaos right now if if it happened if it overlapped with broken arrow yeah because it seems like lodi we get we get the most teams it seems like at lodi every year in nevada city but um i think we had like over 40 teams last year at lodi i mean could you imagine an extra that that's an extra 80 shooters who are now going to be very serious and right and Again, with Outlaw, though, we most of us know what the payouts are. Most everybody there is just fun-loving and sure. just sure. having a good time. Right. But, you know, people <clears throat> start to get grumpy, too, when they think they're shooting for a lot of money and they don't yeah. shoot good. And hey. But I could, I could see it slowing things up a lot for hey. sure, too. There's, but There's no room for grumpy on Woodlake. No. <laughs> but actually, and that's funny, too, because I was going to ask you if you'd ever been approached by them. And, and what I think, and my thoughts are exactly what you said. What I was going to say is if, I mean, if Outlaw approached you and you could pick a different weekend and did, um, you know, whatever number of targets they want and just have it open to more people if they want to come, but know that you would get those 80, 90 outlaw shooters. Right. And I would even talk to them and be like, Hey, how about some of us local guys work on getting some outside sponsors to pitch a little, you know, Hey, give us a hundred bucks. We'll throw your banner up. Yeah. I can think of a lot of places that would do that, that we could throw into the pot. Right. And now, if before you know it, if you had yeah, if you had a hundred shooters who were all freestyle shooters there to, to win, you know whatever a couple grand a piece. Yeah, and it's, it's a, it's an advantage in another way as well because when, Broken Arrow comes up and you've got people showing up from Nevada City or Reno or Vegas, yeah, Arizona to come shoot part of the Outlaw series at Woodlake, and they realize oh shit this course is a hell of a lot tougher than you know what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. I probably should practice a little bit more. Then they see the schedule and they see that first weekend in March, there's a shoot there. 
you know, they may take advantage may of that, come, may yeah. show up and, you know, it is a money shoot. Yeah, you're not going to break the bank, you know, making, you know, outlaw type money by winning the Bud shootout. But, you know, it right. gives you a bit of uh, family fun and good time to shoot a good tough course you're going to be shooting in another month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could really pack, <clears throat> especially if what I've always wanted to do and uh, what I just said was, you know, try and get some more outside sponsors for, for whatever it is. If it's, uh, you know, if it's whatever store in Woodlake decides, oh, hey, we'll give you a couple hundred bucks and yeah. put our banner up and whatever in Fresno and anywhere around here. I mean, if you could raise an extra couple grand to throw in the pot, it could be really cool. Sure. It, it would draw, it would definitely draw a lot more outlaw shooters to it. Yeah. Um, and And just like you said, everybody local who hasn't already been going would look at the calendar and go, Oh wait, I can go shoot that range the week before. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or the month before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that could be really cool. And, um, what for people who don't know and are interested, go ahead and explain your format for the bud shootout and how you guys pay out and all that. It's uh, kind of cool. Sure. What we did for the bud shootout a few years back uh, we did a blind draw for just whoever wanted to put in, just mm-hmm. two people. So uh, after the first year when I saw the disadvantages and who didn't sign in, who didn't sign in were the freestyle or the, the bow hunter freestyle and the recurvers, you know, the traditional shooters. Yeah. Nobody signed up. And it's a disadvantage if they do sign up because, you know, two average freestylers can whoop, you know, a great freestyler and a, and a recurver. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a disadvantage for whoever they get signed up with. So what I did is I broke it into three categories. And typically the largest category is the freestylers. Yeah. If you sign in as a freestyler, uh, you know, one through 20, and I have 15 uh, bow hunter freestylers and 10 uh, recurvers, the 20 freestylers are on one team. The 15 bow hunter freestylers... I blind draw five guys, and they're lucky enough to be on two teams. Okay. And yeah. then the 10 recurvers, after I blind draw the first 10, they're all on one team. I throw them all back in, blind draw the next 10, and that picks everybody's teams. So, yeah. So I think it it actually gives everybody a sense of fairness. Yeah. You know, because no matter what, you're teamed up with a bowhunter freestyler, and you're teamed up with a recurver. And if your recurver shoots out, shoots lights out, you know, hey, you're you're got a good chance. Yeah. Because that's you're gonna make up a lot of points there, you know. But as a freestyler, you have a you know pretty rough day, or you got a D loop that pops, and you have to drop a target or something, you know, that could make up some of that difference. So so it's basically everybody mm-hmm. has three people on their team. Yes. That's kind of how it ends up. Yeah. Yes. That, and come to think about mm-hmm. it i feel like every year for the last few years you guys have been doing it i always see a recurve guy up there collecting a check yes yes because you will have one freestyler one bow hunter freestyler and one traditional mm-hmm. you know they're either uh recurve or longbow you know if a guy shows up with a longbow and and can shoot it well you know like a recurve he's gonna he's gonna do well yeah so you know every now and then uh, a couple of years ago we only had three uh recurvers sign up and one guy won two and one guy won third you know one guy took first and second you know so hey the advantage is his he showed up with the right equipment shot good enough to you know be paired up and it that's how it went down the line 
Yeah. How so. much how much do you charge for that? Uh the bud shootout. The bud shootout is ten bucks a person. Yeah. Uh and that money we donate that back to the club. That goes to expenses. We have a thousand dollar payout uh that we break up to the three uh first, second and third and we divide it up for those guys and that's a donation that we get from <clears throat> uh from Bueno Beverage. Uh, you know, we put up a big old banner. They've been a great supporter of us. It used to be Sequoia Beverage. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Bueno Beverage now, and you know, we just we appreciate the sponsorship from them. Yeah, you know, and uh, we'll. I can't say we lose any money. They give us the sponsorship, and we put their banner up, and we, you know, hey, we like Bueno Beverage. They great supporter for us, and it allows guys to come in and and shoot for shoot some for some more money. You know. Mm-hmm. Some guys that win it, you know, they get 300 bucks, you know, they're happy as a clam. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, they're paying for their weekend. Right. Basically. You know? Yep. That's uh, the other favorite thing to me is, is how inexpensive of a really fun weekend it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. I only wish I, if, if I didn't take so much time off of work for other stuff, for hunting season, for, for Vegas for Reading, all that. I would take Wednesday to Friday off yeah. to for this shoot to yeah. go camp early because it's just that much fun. Yeah, you know. No, well, anytime that you get a chance. Honestly, the weekend before Broken Arrow, we open the gate, yeah. lock it open, and people start showing up. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. be there the weekend before dropping the trailer off for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and you know we don't mind it. You know it's. We leave up our field face targets. Uh, everything is pretty much double butted now. We leave mm-hmm. them up, and people can sign the insurance waiver and start walking the hill and shoot and enjoy. You know, a week of of just hanging out and camping. We're not that far from civilization. No, but, not at all. But I tell you, when you're out there, it feels like you're a hundred miles from the world. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's quiet. I mean, there's there's been plenty of years. Um, even when I was still living here on the ranch, you know, in the back house back there, I, I commuted a few, few years. I didn't camp and I just drove back and forth every day. And it's a, it's like a 50 minute drive from here. Yeah. If, if you know a good route, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad at all. No, it's, it's really, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, the options are, are pretty wide for anybody who wants to come out here. Even if you, if you can't camp, Yeah. you know, I would I, I definitely want to see that record break. That's for sure. How's the weather look so far for this year? I haven't looked. Uh, it's been so rainy yeah. uh, these weekends. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's going to rain. I don't think so either. Uh-huh. I think we're going to be past it. And it's going to be nice. Because that's what... I know that that has an effect on this shoot. You get the uh, a lot of the guys who... I would say don't hunt in the rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's going to be drizzling. Nope, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because even if it poured and I didn't want to shoot in the rain, I would sit at the trailer and hang yeah. out. But yeah. <laughs> Well, in all the years, uh, and it happened a couple of years ago, uh, we had a lot of rain that one year. And then yeah. it rained at Broken Arrow. And on Sunday, it just it downpoured. And we had one guy slip hit his head and we had one guy break his leg i do remember that and yeah. it was a, there was another injury and it was all on sunday and we ended up having to call the shoot which is something i we just didn't want to do but right. for everybody's safety we had to yeah you know and i know that it's shoot at your own risk but you know at some point 
uh, you know, we have to do what's better for everybody else and make sure that they're safe. So, you know, we called it that day, but that's the only time we've ever called a shoot. Yeah. You know, and it, it just, everything was so saturated. It could not soak in. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you guys have some <clears throat> steep hills to climb, but that's, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about how every year there's something new and you guys are always improving that range. I, it feels like I see new stairs every time I go, like you guys build stairs into every, it's going to be to the point where there's nowhere that's going to get washed out anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it we, seems like all the worst hills have really nice stairs now. And uh, It's funny you say that because this past weekend uh, from the top, that long one by the, uh, by Rick and Charlotte's beer stand, number mm-hmm. seven, yeah. across the top of the hill. Yeah, yeah there's a road that goes down and around and that gets washed out with a lot of rain. Okay. We, we put in pipe down there, uh, last year, two years ago, which is all good, but we created a problem. All the water washes down that pipe. And then once it gets, that road goes down around by my food booth. Yeah. Um, it fans out and starts washing the road out as it goes down to Rick and Rick and Don Paul's. So we had to put in a box. We just did it this last weekend. We put in a box and dug a trench and put pipe all the way down to the base of the hill, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's just to keep water from washing things out and making it difficult, you know, knock on wood. We have uh, enough people in our club that are willing to work and have access to equipment. Somebody else has access to pipe You know, they bring it up and somebody else has a welder. Yeah. We just start digging trenches and say, Hey, just do it. <laughs> Who cares? You know? And that's, that's the fun of, yeah, I've got, on my phone, I've got hundreds of pictures of all of us up, you know, from December to March, busting our butts up there at the Archery Club, you know, putting in concrete and fixing tops to uh, to targets and putting up backstops. And that's some of the most fun, you know, yeah. because after we get, you know, two-thirds done, we start drinking a little bit more and, <laughs> you know... Somebody's trying to level a post and the level's broke and he's like, oh, that's good. Really? Uh, there's no water in your level, dude. I haven't even close. You know? It's like, you know, some of that shit is just more fun. God, oh, it's a yeah. blast, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, guess what? I get to go hang out at the archery club, drink a bunch of beer and put in some concrete and laugh at somebody's going to do something dumb. <laughs> and, you know, it's a roll of the dice. Could be me. Could be somebody else. You know, if it's me, hey, you take your lumps and you move on. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the year, um, the year that you guys redid the sign on the entryway and you did the big Jurassic Park archway coming in and redid the fence all the way coming in with all your signs of the food booths. And I was like, God, this is so cool, man. Isn't that the neatest? Yeah, it looks awesome. It's like you're, it's like, it might as well say the adventure starts here. Here you go. It's like coming into a theme park for yeah, me. You yeah. know? It's like, it's... <laughs> one, one of the fun things that, you know, as a club, and, you know, we've talked about it a lot today, but as a club, we just love when people start showing up. We, we actually thought about putting somebody at the gate and just stand there at the gate with a bucket and tell everybody, put all your money in here and, and go in. And everything's free for the rest of the weekend. Just put all your money oh, in here that's cool. and get out of here. You know, because <laughs> if you really look at it, that's that's what we're doing. You know, we want we don't want people to be sitting there with no gas money to go home and not enough money to eat. 
trust me, if somebody showed up and lost their wallet and says, ah, crap, you know, I, oh, I, yeah. I can't pay for it. So what here? Yeah, here, for sure. We know that, you know, and it's, it's part of one or two entrance fees, 10 entrance fees are not going to break us as a club. Mm-hmm. You know, just for example, if somebody from Lodi showed up and had no money, and went, well, crap, I left my wallet, now I don't know what to do. We would make sure they had enough gas money to get home. We'd yeah. make sure they could eat. They're going to mail us a check. If they don't, hey, whatever. If they right. do, yeah. they do. So what? You know. <laughs> but they're going to have fun. You know. And that's the bottom line. If they showed up and worried about money for the next two and a half days, they're not going to have fun. Yeah. You know? And that's that's part of how we are as a club. You know. We, so what? Hey, you here you go here you go I, yeah you told me here we paid your entrance fee we you know just eat so what yeah you know enjoy yourselves because it's going to come back to us it's going to come back to us in a check that he sends he's going to come back the following year he's going to tell everybody else yeah you know there's a group that shoots uh our tournament from reno you know that no it's my brother and all of his buddies oh okay <clears throat> it actually started <laughs> before that uh, I'm a police officer. I shoot the police and fire games. Yeah. And I happen to shoot down in uh, San Diego and a couple other places, Southern California and up in Reno for the police games. And I met a couple of guys <clears throat> that were from Reno, shot with them a couple of times, uh, you know, because it's every summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, got to talking to them the second or third time. And it turns out they know my brother. My brother's from Reno. You know, they all shoot together and they know them pretty well. So during some of these tournaments at the police games, I told them, you guys need to show up and shoot our tournament in Woodlake. It's in March. You know, there's no other tournaments around that time. Just come down and shoot. So uh, one of them came down and shoot. And just like most people, oh, my God, I love this place. I'm never not coming back. (laughs) So he went back and was telling, you know, some of the people in his group, you know, up in Reno, and my brother shoots with him, says, hey, how come you never told me about your shot? I told you about my shoot all the time. You know, because come on down. <laughs> so the first year, he came down by himself. Uh, the second year, he drug, I don't know, seven or eight people from Reno. And now every year, those guys are there you know, every year. Just, <laughs> it's the two shoots they don't miss is Redding and Woodlake. Yeah, and they're hey, it's a long ways from there, but yeah, they show up whenever I don't care. Show up on Tuesday, show up on Friday. I don't care. Come on down. Um, you know, for a couple of years, I had access to an extra trailer, so all they had to do was just drive down with their stuff, sleeping bags, and sleep in an extra trailer. And you know, I know they're coming a long ways, but yeah, you know, hey, they come down and. <laughs> at the gate I put a bucket they throw all their money in and, you know <laughs> spend the weekend you know so god just... that's see that's what's so cool about it for me too is um you know I'm I'm all I'm I'm big into the backpack hunting thing now and all that but growing up like some of my earliest memories with my dad was being like four or five years old and it, it felt like every weekend we were we were up in the hills you know, and camping in an old motorhome or a pop top trailer or whatever, either just camping or being up there for hunting season. Yeah. And you know, I that was so fun for me as a kid. I I just loved trailer camping and all that. And then, 
you know, we got out of it for a while. Then we got another one when I got older and we both started shooting bows again, you know, when I was like 10 and got a hunting bow so we could start hunting and was doing that. And once we caught one at Woodlake and went to a, a few tournaments, my dad got a motorhome again. And that's what we did. I mean, our year was, we did everything. Yeah. We took the motorhome to Woodlake. We took it to, um, what it's a Lodi after that, all the outlaw stuff before it was outlaw. Right. You know, and then back again in November for, for your guys's San, uh, San Joaquin and the bunny shoot, the Easter shoot you guys did. Like we camped, I mean, we camped at least once a month, usually yeah. twice, which was so fun for me to bring all that back. Cool. And that's what I love. That's one of the reasons too, I'll never miss it. Cause right. that's, that's my favorite thing about it is, just being out there camping again like that. Yeah. You know. All those memories that were drawn up. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I had so many of them there with my dad, too, you sure. know. We may, I mean, there's tons of funny shit that happened to us over the years out there. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it usually always comes back when we get out there. <laughs> and that's, that's where it should, you know. Yeah. I know you go out and shoot uh, open wood lake with Adam and. Uh-huh. Uh, Brian from the shop and you know you guys all gather up and go shoot and that's you know that's your guys's weekend to get away from work and shop yeah hang out shoot and enjoy yourselves you know but trust me I I love working Broken Arrow you know and then I I love going to Isabella's shoot because I get to hang out with the same people but we don't have to work it you know we used to hang out and shoot you know, same with Fresno. We go to Fresno and hang out yeah. uh, around a campfire and go shoot, you know. But nonetheless, at my own shoot, I love, it, it, it's a lot of work. But for those three days, I love being there. I love yeah. seeing everybody else that's coming back in, Frank and Becky Pearson, mm -hmm. you know, you, Adam. Because I know I can go tease you guys and, you know, poke a little fun, start a little argument amongst you guys and then walk off and go, yeah. <laughs> go do some work you know <laughs> you know i love doing that. that that year we put on tim's uh motorhome we put for sale you know, yeah and put his phone number on you put 10 grand on a like a hundred and thirty thousand dollar motorhome and I, I remember we left and he said he or he went up to the top of the hill and his phone was going crazy <laughs> He had phone call after phone call for that. Oh, my God. But that's the good part, man. Yeah. That's his fault for leaving it so we could put a sign on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was so funny. Oh, my, even him, he barely he barely shoots anymore, and he still he will still make an appearance at Woodlake. Yep. He, he loves coming down for it, too, yeah. you know? And to me, what I think people who haven't been there yet don't understand is it's there's so much more than an archery shoot going on yeah i could there's a lot of other shoots that i would gladly just drive back and forth to go to just to go to and use it as experience to get ready for season and this and that yeah. but when i get there it's like in my head there's a checklist of things going on that i that i'm gonna do and it's like we're gonna you know when we start shooting you know, the first night we get there, I'm going to settle in on the trailer and then hang out with everybody and say hi and catch up with everybody. And then, you know, we're going to start shooting the next day and 
you know, I'm going to hit every clout shoot because I have, we're going to spend 20 minutes at the clay pigeon shoot trying to win our ticket for the draw on that. And then we're going to spend 30 or 40 minutes at the long distance shoot trying to hit the orange dot, usually by the end of the day, (laughs) you know, and, and that first day of shooting for us is always very long, you know, and we see a lot of people run through quick, but for us, it's, it's getting to do everything. And then, then you have, you know, I'll talk to people, it's their first year and then be like, oh, we're just, I guess we'll hang out at the trailer now or whatever. What are we going to do now? It's like, well, the, we're going to go check out the dance at nine o'clock tonight or eight o'clock or whatever. <laughs> oh, I, I don't dance. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you don't need to dance. No. You can just come and people watch. It's, it's the best. Yeah. It's so much fun to sit there and drink a beer and just watch everybody and, yeah. And someone's gonna pull you in and make you dance with them or something, but it's it's a blast. Yeah. And you know every it's just, <laughs> I think the, the the last year, we ever did it. We one year we parked right in front of the clubhouse. Yeah. And I was on that overhead bed in the motorhome, <laughs> and I think that year you guys, I swear to God it was, I heard the music stop. Probably close to 4 a.m. Yeah. And then 4.30, I hear loudspeaker, breakfast will be served in a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I got in trouble that year. <laughs> <laughs> I I get talked to every year. Oh, do you guys keep it reasonable and cap it at 3.30 now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have to. You know, you got to be reasonable. People in Hawaii may not want to get up that early. Uh, <laughs> we have... It's there's so many different stories of, I mean, we've got I, I've got friends, we've all got these little stories of all these things that happened from the night before, and then the next day we're on the range and someone's like, why does my bow smell like beer? Oh well, you you threw up on it last night, or you spilled alcohol all over it, or what? You know, <laughs> there's always something. Yeah, yeah, hey. As long as those memories are there and we can, you know, continue to have a great time, that's what it's about. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean <laughs> <laughs> That's too damn funny. Oh yeah. It's there's so many people who've and I I mean you guys you remember Josh Binger still has the course record, doesn't he? I think he does. Wasn't he like three down or something ridiculous? Or yeah, he, yeah. He shot really good. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, two years, three years ago, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in, in his heyday, he was a, a big international shooter and yeah. did the whole team with Texas A&M and all that. And right. um, when he lived out here for a while and started going that stuff, I remember him passed out in a lawn chair in front of our motorhome and woke up the next morning with frost all over him. <laughs> Welcome to Woodlake. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker still shot better than everybody else. Sure. But. <laughs> sure. but, you know, that's also a testament uh, to us as a club and us as a, as a range, as a guy of that quality. Yeah. It's still three down. Oh, yeah. You know? I, uh... The spots are generous, you know? That's not like we're, you know, putting tight spots at the 45 and 50 yarders you know they're they're fairly generous but those shots are not easy oh yeah Yeah. well and that's the thing too if you did what we were saying and did a separate day outlaw event yeah i mean you can put some by the book dots up there that would make it a very hard shoot yeah yeah have uh so 
Have you guys considered 3D shoots? Yes, actually we have uh, on multiple occasions. Uh, some of the things that we caution the 3D shoot side of it is because um, if we push it off into April and we have a warm spring, the snakes will be out. Uh-huh. So, you know, it just, it makes us st- sit back and figure out, you know, if we're going to, if we're not. There's been a pretty good push lately by several of us in the club uh, to do some 3Ds. Uh, you know, we've got a handful of good 3Ds in our uh, in our C train. Uh, we actually put a bunch of them out. Um, and I bought a bunch of healing foam, self-healing foam. Yeah. So I can patch a bunch. Um, the center of the bud can... You yeah, know, soft. I bought that foam again because I I redid that, um, and it's something that we can do. You know, uh, to fairly simply to fix targets. You know, um, <coughs> yeah. You you core it out. You pour a spot and mix it with bright orange. You know, and make it three four inches deep, and then pour foam around it. You'll never shoot the spot out, so you can shoot it. Yeah. You know, in depth, and they'll last a lot longer. You know, and it's things that we're actually considering now that, you know, we're progressing even more. Yeah. Because uh, we got away from, like, the Easter shoot. You know, the Easter shoot was a lot of work, especially for a handful of people. Um, you know, I, I never worked it all that hard because I had eight kids. You know, at that time I right. had six. <laughs> you know, I'm going to... Well, I, and the, I, the, the big part of that Easter shoot was the... 10,000 Easter egg hunt that you guys do. Yeah. Eggs <laughs> scattered throughout the practice butts in the, in the playground. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so, you know, it, there is a push for us to start doing some 3d shoots, uh, you know, scatter them out, make them, uh, you know, safe to get out and shoot and set up, you know, cause we don't want to put them in the same spots that we're shooting the, you know, the 30 regular broken arrow, targets oh, okay. from you know we'll adjust them a little bit because we ho- we hosted the broadhead over there one year yeah and man it was tough yeah know, the broadhead was tough you, you can imagine give us you know give us a month and figure out where we can put targets on that range man and it's going to be tough right you know so in that regard uh where we put 3d targets when we uh do start hosting some 3d shoots are going to be you know some challenging spots but we're also going to have to make sure that you know there's no snakes that are, you know, we're not putting it on top of this rock where there's a big old hole in a, yeah. you know, a den of snakes. You know, we we don't kill too many every year, but I know they're there. You know, we'll we'll kill a couple every year. You know, for the last couple of years, we haven't killed too many big ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we're keeping them thinned out, but you know, there's always that potential. Well, and you guys, like I was saying, you guys keep everything so well-dressed and groomed and everything. For the most part, if you stay on the groomed trail... You can yeah. keep yourself safe. Yeah. If there's a snake on it, you'll see it. Yeah. We, right now, you go up there and we've had all this rain and a lot of sunshine and mm-hmm. man, our range looks beautiful. Yeah. You know, everything six feet each side of the trail is, if it's not dead, it's only, you know, bottom of the shoe high. It's just, it looks like a manicured golf course right now. Awesome. It's just beautiful. Um, you mentioned one thing I want to get back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that long distance cloud up on the top? Oh, I love it. Every yeah, it's isn't that a badass shot? Oh, I've I've been thinking about it um already and thinking, you know what, I need this year I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna like get like a one twenty mark or and a one twenty five mark and have somewhere to start and and guess 
from there where based on where I'm hitting. And I, I, I want to put it right in the middle of that dot. Yeah. But yeah, it's so much fun, yeah. you know. And well, that's that's what's cool too is, um, and, and now with the little bud shootout you guys got, it, it's, um, it's enough money that it, it 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 can get in your head just enough to be like, hey, this is this could be really cool <laughs> if I take this home or whatever. And because I, I remember one year um, when you guys were doing like was it Saturday evening you did like a unmarked 3D on the practice range? Right. You threw up like 10 targets and eliminations, which was really cool. We got to talk about, because I think we should bring that back as well. Um, And so I was like, I think the, I think it was your guys's that I won one year. I was probably like 16, 15. And so I, I think I won like 180, 200 bucks on that. And then one, I think it was the only year I ever got my ticket drawn for like the clay pigeon shoot. Yeah. And I won like 80 bucks on that. And then I got closest to center on the long distance. Nice. And won like another 80 or 100 bucks on that. <laughs> so I left with like three or 400 bucks in my pocket. And I was like, God dang, this was cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, why haven't you done it again? I, I've been getting my ass whooped on that stuff every year since. <laughs> Yeah, we're just getting our money back from you. Yeah, <laughs> it's balancing out now. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the long distance, I love it, man. It's so much fun. It's so high up, and that target is so far down there. Yeah, you know, it's the disparity in angle. To to me, every time I, when we're farting around shooting, and we walk up to the top of that platform and look around and figure out where we could put that target, it just it flabbergasts me the the angle. Oh and yeah. That, You've shot a lot of clout shoots. Any others like that there? No. It's it's no. nuts. It's just nuts. I mean, nice big platform. Nice yeah. and safe. There's a rope up there. You know, I got the American flag flapping in the breeze. <laughs> got a tarp covering you in case it's sunny and hot. And yeah. sit there and spend all your money trying to shoot something that's out there at 120 to 135 yards. Oh, well, the worst is, is you've got what I would say is arguably the hardest shot in the state right after that yep. so that that clout is you do it right before you shoot your guys's your guys's 48 downhill which yeah. is like what 28 degrees or something yeah. 25 yeah, it's, degrees yeah, it's... which is like you stand up there and you pull out a five and shoot that clout and and you start shooting it and you're like oh, i'm gonna just shoot a couple arrows and then you're like well damn it I, I just need to make sure I have two arrows in my quiver for this target. And mm-hmm. I always go down to my last two arrows yep. and shoot the that downhill shot. <laughs> hey, if you want, you call me. I'll go down and get your arrows and bring them back up. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'll I'll wait it out. Well, I'm and that that one, you should definitely keep doing that clout both days. Yeah. Because everybody keeps wanting to shoot it, you oh, know. Yeah. It's it's a hell of a tough shot, and, and you're absolutely right. I've I've said the same thing about uh, it's target 21, but in the, our regular field rounds, target 20, but it's the steep downhill. I've shot a lot of ranges. Again, not as many as you have, not the diversity, but every range that I've shot, that's the toughest shot that I've ever had at an archery tournament. Yeah. And it's it's in my yard. And, and I, then you follow it up with like a 35 yard that's at 
like a 21 degree uphill right after it. Yep. And man, if you hit that in the wrong time of the day, you got the sun right in your eyes. <laughs> oh, you know, I couldn't tell you the number of years I've drawn on that target and just can barely see the outline of my dot yeah. and try to, it's, it's usually the last two targets for me because right. that's, because I always start at the next, next couple. Yep. And that's usually what, screws me at the end of the shoot Blinded. every time yeah <laughs> i'll drop a few <laughs> points on that and just like god dang man well and again you shoot our range and it's not like you go you know back and forth and you're just east and west or north right. and south man you're every every degree in the compass you're taking a shot yeah and uphill downhill you know into the sun away from the sun sun's in your face you know sun's straight over and trees are shaded and you know yeah i mean you guys have used that mountain incredibly to yeah. set the whole thing up it's a good time we, we yeah. love it and we we try to find little little tricks and tweaks and things mm -hmm. that we can set up for people to you know just make it a little tougher make it a little different yeah you know years ago when uh you're going to shoot the the beer can uh used to walk through the rock and then underneath that massive oak tree that fell yeah uh cut the oak tree out and you know we pushed all them rocks over and dug rocks out so now you got to walk through the rocks and yeah you know pass the food booth and then go shoot again i know? always like that too yeah you know and it's it's stupid little things like that that you know we just we get to thinking well what if we do this all right mm -hmm. okay, get a shovel you know get a breaker bar and start digging things up and you know it just adds more to it yeah. what um what 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 do you guys do you have a number that you guys see is like the maximum you can get on the range right now? No. Yeah. To be honest Just, with you, no, we don't care. Yeah. If we have another 360 people show up, we'll do the same thing. Yeah. You know, we'll send people into town to get extra beer and food and you know, hot dog and sandwich buns and plates. We don't care. We yeah. really don't care. If <clears throat> if we had 400 people shoot uh shoot and show up, it'd be tough. But you know what? So what? You deal with it. I mean, if you started consistently having four hundred people show up, is there a is there a point where you start thinking of looking at the the land behind you guys or something like that? Yeah, actually, uh, I have considered some of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you look at the overview of our range, where you start shooting target one, if you look to the right behind the practice butts there's a kind of a slope to some of the hill yeah uh in the rock you can add three targets in there it's a okay, yeah. it's a steep climb going up and all you gotta do is put it in stairs you know we are we put them in i don't care you can shoot three targets and then shoot target number two you can shoot the back side of it and then walk around and oh okay and continue shooting you can add you know some targets there you can also uh, throw in a few extra targets um, there at seven, the long one across the top of the hill. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a 55 yarder right there next right. to the food booth. Right, right. You can add a couple of targets in there, uh, shoot downhill, turn and shoot back uphill. And yes. Then, and then gotcha. Go on over. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I considered, and it would take permission from another landowner, but the olives in the uh, property of the east. Once you shoot the the steep forty eight yarder downhill, grab your arrows, go through the fence, walk out into the olives, and shoot seven, eight, ten targets there. Come back yeah. and shoot the uphill. 
Now, the diversity is, yeah, you're not up and down and you don't have the elevation change, but you've got the lighting change. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're now, uh, you know, shooting dark and light, you know, down down some straight rows or cut across through here. You know, if we get cooperation from them and pay them a couple hundred bucks for some trespass fees for a couple of days, I think it would yeah. work out. Well, and what's cool about that, too, is if, if your numbers go up that much and you're breaking 400 <clears throat> every time, that turns it from a, a very jam-packed, you know, 30 targets to a very smooth running, yes. you know, 40. Yes, and and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, when uh, Reinhardt first started, you know, I thought, you know, coming out here for Reinhardt would be awesome. Yeah. You know, use the hill, use some of the flat, use some of the uh, olive grove uh to walk around because you, you shot the first year at Reinhardt at that golf course. I didn't shoot it till this last year, actually. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I saw all the pictures. I saw the, the layout yeah. of it all. What they did with the <laughs> land that they had was fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that anywhere. You yeah. just got to, you know, just go, go, just go do it. You but know, 100 targets is a, yeah, that's a, a lot. You can do it. You can <laughs> yeah. Do it. Yeah. You know, use the, the main parking lot where you come in. You know, that first one off the main road, use that. You could use some of the olive grove. Yeah. You could use some of the flat. Yeah. Well, and at that rate, too, it's, I mean, you're talking 100 targets. I mean, if you can get, if you add a few more on the hill, like four or five, and you're getting, you know, you get almost 40 targets on the mountain. Yeah. And then, you know, another 60 down in the flat that you can run through quick. Yeah, that could be a really cool shoot. Yeah. Yep. You know, and again, one of the things... One of the things that I always look back to is Redding. Mm-hmm. When Redding does their shoot, yes, it's three days. Yes, it's jam-packed, and you do a lot of standing and waiting and standing and waiting. And then they have, what, sixteen or 1,800 shooters capped? Yeah, I think they're at uh, 1,650 this year. Yeah, so... Or 1,850, something like that. 1,600 shooters capped in 70 targets. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Obviously, we're not going to get that many people stuffed onto Woodlake. But if you spread out and you make, you know, 60 targets, you can handle a lot of people, yeah. you know, with uh, 60 targets. And it really wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, you know, we could still do the cartoon stuff up on the hill, and then we could put some 3Ds down in some of the flats, you know, and do some of that. Yeah. Know, put some backstops up, you know, with hay bales and, you know, whatever we can to uh, hold arrows. Oh, that could be really cool. I mean... If you look at that too, like how close your your highest number is to 400 right now of competitors. I mean, I remember my, I believe it was my first year in Reading, the announcement that they had like 650 shooters. Yeah. And that was a big year. And with where they are now and where they've grown to, it's not, it's not the freestyle shooters, Mm-mm. you know, when you really look at it. So it's really, it's not the money that's bringing 1,800-something shooters in. Maybe it's, maybe it's being the national title, and, and now it's, it's a very, you know, coveted thing. Everybody knows the Reading shoot. Everybody knows the Western Classic and all that. But, right. I mean, in a matter of, of less than 10 years they more than doubled their shoot size. Yeah, it, it skyrocketed. So, you know, it's very possible. I, I think especially like if, if this is one of those years and you realize, oh, wow, it's just because 
you know, we had good weather and we broke 400. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you're going to realize, oh, it's definitely just because, you know, bad weather that cut us back last year. Sure. It could just keep, I mean, maybe there's that certain number, like when 500 people show up, those people start telling so many other people about it that yeah. before you know it, you're capping registration and stuff like that. Yeah. And you no, know, it, it comes down to, it's, it's just taking the step to secure the property, to walk around with four or five guys and say, look, we'll put one here. We'll put one here. We'll put yeah. one here. We'll, and just, just do it. You know? Yeah. And it's not like it's something that we haven't done before, you know, mm-hmm. grab an ice chest full of beer and start walking around and figuring out where the hell we can put targets, you know? Yeah. I know the guys will do it. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? So. How, um, how many years has, and I guess this is jumping way back to where we should have started, but how many years has the range been around? Uh, when did it open? The, the Woodlake Antelope Archers has been in business since the late fifties. Uh, I know they had a range up in Three Rivers, I want to say. Oh, okay. And then uh, they were in Visalia and moved out to uh, Woodlake. And I want to say, uh, and I'm simply guessing, but I want to say it's been in there since the 70s. Yeah. Where it is now. God dang. Yeah. Yeah, it almost became a paintball field. Really? How did that happen? <laughs> what was the story on that? You're going to love this story. <laughs> I've told it to a lot of people. So in the late 80s, the owner of the land, uh, the Woodlake Lions Club and the Antelope Archers, mm-hmm. they leased their property for a dollar a year. The guy was very pro-rodeo and archery, loved us. <clears throat> so he started getting sick and he knew that he had to sell the property uh, and wanted the archery club and the lions club to get first shot you know so he put it up for sale and the archery club kind of him hot around about a little bit you know trying to see if they were gonna uh uh pay the money uh to keep it you know and had some meetings and whatnot (laughs) so uh a paintball group heard about the land oh god and showed up to with a realtor to look at the land and uh, I was actually part of that art, that paintball club. No way. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh I'm my God. Kidding. So, so wait, this was before, so this is how you got involved with the range or this, what? This is, this is in 88 or 89. This is another <laughs> 15 years before I got associated with it. No kidding. So we walked the hill and we were making all kinds of big plans <clears throat> when we got there some of the club members were there and says, oh, hell no. <laughs> they went and had an emergency meeting, cut a check, made the, uh, put it into escrow and bought it. Wow. And I'll be honest with you, I'm glad as hell the archery club paid to keep their, their property. Yeah. Because paintball fizzled out, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. It, trust me, it would have been... It came a, back up for a bit when I was like 12 or 13, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's... It would have folded, you know. It's oh, just yeah. there's just not enough revenue to to keep it going, but the archery club bought it and they've been prosperous ever since. And I'm just I'm happy as a clam that it didn't get bought by the group that I was with. Really. Yeah. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> who oh, who I, knows what could have happened after that? Well, you know Rick Rick Souza. Yeah. Uh, he was a big part of dealing with 
uh, you know, making sure that it got purchased when it got purchased. And he started yeah. telling me that story. And I just, I kind of smiled and he looked at me and he goes, what are you smiling at? And I, I hadn't even told my wife this story, but <laughs> I, I looked at him and I said, you're not going to believe this. He goes, what? And I told him that story. And he looked at me. He's like, "You are you kidding me?" I said, "No, no, I'm not." <laughs> so, that's the absolute truth. Absolute. Oh my God! How crazy! Yeah, and it, it seriously, I just that place is my second home. Yeah, I love that place. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many at any given time? How many people are just staying there? In their motorhomes or trailers. Um, Seems like there's always someone on the range. Yeah. In the summertime, obviously, it's too damn hot. You know, there's almost nobody during the summertime. But, you know, this time of year, every weekend, we've got, you know, six, seven, eight people, you know, different camps set and people are hanging out, you know, weed eating or mowing or just shooting and, you know, painting targets. And, you know, it'll be that way up until mid-May. Wow. And then, you know, as... June starts to come in, it starts to get a little bit warmer, and then we'll have people show up and shoot all the time before bow season, you know, in August. September, it's kind of dead. Uh, October, uh, once it starts to cool down, man, we're back out there every weekend. God, see, that's that's why I feel like it... I, I that's why I brought up like you hit that certain number and it can just explode like Redding did yeah. over the years because there's something about the way you guys work together just to keep everything functioning and it's always to improve yeah. you know and and it's it's like you don't see any of that side bullshit that you see everywhere else yeah you know um there, there's always someone out there most of the year, and and they don't, they they like you said, they grab a weed eater and just go to work if they're if they're gonna stay there for three weeks because they, it's beautiful and it's a good time to be out there, they do something. Yep. It's not oh that's not fair, you know Joe Schmo did this and that and I did this and you know, there's no arguments between it. It's just. Mm-mm. You know, nobody gets a big head and says, "No, I don't want to add that because it wasn't my idea." Or, yeah. and you no. see that at so many other places. It's 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 actually great to to be part of that club because of it. Yeah, you know, I, I've been the president now for four years. I don't get offended if I put up an idea and everybody shoots it down because I'm an idiot. I, I don't get offended. <laughs> I really don't care. You know. I, if somebody else comes up with a great idea, so what? Let's do it. You know? Yeah. It's let's have fun. You know, let's enjoy improving our property. Let's enjoy hosting all of our friends that are coming in from out of town to come mm-hmm. shoot our tournament. And that's that's the bottom line for us. You know, if this helps, great. It helps. You know, it's like the Bud Shootout money. The format wasn't great for everybody. It was great for the freestylers, but everybody else kind of suffered and wouldn't pay. Yeah. Well, let's let's expand it. Let's make Made it work. Yeah, let's make yeah. sure the the recurvers uh get to come in and, you know, compete for some money. Let's make sure the bow hunter freestylers get to come in and compete for some money and, you know, you can watch it and guys enjoy it and they shoot better and, you know, they still have the same fun because you get to shoot with your kids and, yeah. you know, combine the scores and stick them up and go, "Hey, look at there. You know, here's your winners, here's your losers." You know, and you know we're gonna still make fun of you. you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. Somebody's gonna do something dumb. Somebody's gonna, 
you know, shoot the wrong arrow or carrying your kid's arrow and try to draw it back and somebody's going to see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's... My, my favorite is, uh, any, any time I've ever been in, in any little shoot off for something there for a tie score or Tim, you've got, uh, Donnie always stands out there and goes, Oh, hold on. Let me get those. Let me, let me clear the air for your satellites or whatever. Get your satellites to adjust your bow or <laughs> whatever he, nonsense he yells at us, but it just cracks me up every time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Hey, it's, that's more of the fun. Yeah. Know? And it's, uh, I, we had the jug shoot a couple years ago, you know, and had a couple of kids that they were still trying to shoot it and, you know, we're, we're handcuffing the poor guys that are, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to beat a kid, you know, make their jug swing a little bit. You know, why not? How uh how many how many uh, members do you guys have right now? Uh, we have I think seventy uh, seventy five <laughs> or eighty head of household. That's head of household. What's head of household? What do you mean? Uh, okay, so uh, I'm a club member. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm one head of household, so me, my wife, and my three kids aren't counted as just me as a head of household. Oh, um, so realistically, you guys yeah, we've have got, well over 100 members. Oh, yeah. we've. Uh, if you take every head of household and at least double it because of spouses, and then you know a lot of them that are you know in their 40s and under have kids that are out there you know on a regular basis or yeah. part of the club you know so yeah you start adding God those numbers dang. Mm-hmm. see that's why that's why i think man you guys got something that can yeah oh man it can jump big like yeah. i said if you get a year or two where those numbers just go up you you should start looking into adding quick yeah and well at least being prepared for it because yeah. again this year if if we get the weather like we all hope we get the weather and people come in in droves, you know, we'll be, uh, you know, we'll at least have a plan that way. Uh, if everybody goes, you know what, we need to put some more targets or, you know, we got to find a way to, you know, accommodate 450 shooters. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a suggestion. This is how we can do it. Yeah. I mean, you are, you guys already did really good with that whole field that you opened up for, yeah. for the motorhomes. I mean, I remember when it was just the front area we would camp in. Yep. And you guys still would get a lot of shooters for that thing. Yep. Opening opening up that other field, uh, you know, again, allowed so many more people to come in and have mm-hmm. all the room that they wanted. You know, hey, yeah. Hey, you want to camp? Camp. Pack. You know, you don't have to pack in anymore. You know, yeah. All the access you want, you know, you can spread your camps out a little bit. You know, the only issue is the rain. If it rains like hell and somebody's got a big motor home, but... We'll yeah. find a way to get you out. So. Oh yeah, they always end up getting out. Mm-hmm. I usually I usually leave mine every year and pick it up the next weekend or something. Yeah, it's usually always just the easiest thing to do. Sure. <laughs> well, you can always come and shoot the little broken arrow. Yeah, That's I could come back for that too. I I probably should this year. Give me a call. Or at least the first day because I I need the practice for <laughs> for outdoor season. Yeah, I'm, for them coming up. Yeah. I gotta I gotta make up for what I did in Vegas this year. Kind of drop the hammer here. <laughs> it happens. Well, you know, you're hanging out with a rough crowd. Yeah. No, that's we joked about that a little too on the podcast we did. I think uh, Nick said it. He goes, "Man, I'd be way better if I stopped hanging out with you fucking guys." <laughs> Actually, Nick, we probably drug Nick down a little bit too because Nick has been, uh, hey, like I think two years back, he was he made the 
Lucky Dog shoot off with yeah. an eight ninety nine. Nice. And then last year, I think he said like Target Panic hit him or something, but he still shot an eight ninety eight. He dropped like two points for the weekend. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the margin of error in Vegas. You know how many shooters were there in the shoot off? Twenty five. Oh, twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Man, they said this was a record this year. I think. That's that's a lot of people shooting perfect for three days. Oh, I know it, man. That's something else, and I think it comes down to a difference of what what you're aiming at and what you're shooting. You know, I I think I'm still when it comes to that indoor game in practice. You know, I can kill it, but I I go out there and I'm I start aiming at the ten yeah. instead of aiming at the X, yeah. or or I'm doing something. It's good enough to get in. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I've told, I've said it before to some people, but I, when that shoot, what was it, the first day, I went out and I went to the, the little VIP arena practice area they have, which is right behind the arena where the championship line shoots. Right. So, I sat in there, I went in like an hour and a half early, I shot a 326X. I was like, all right. Let's go play. <laughs> and walked out to the arena, and I made it three rounds before I dropped a nine. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Just ridiculous. <laughs> it was a whole different shot, whole different game, man. I'm like, it's, oh, come it's on. amazing how bad the head gets in the way. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what... Um, that's what I talked about. We talked about with Adam and everyone on the last podcast we did because uh, I think Adam and I both are the same in that we just don't feel it outdoors. Yeah. Outdoors, we just stay in our game no matter what. Right. You know, it's for him, he thinks it's a difference between the color that he's aiming at, which is probably the mental trigger for him. I guess for me a little bit too. Yeah. But you don't know. That's 20 yards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who can't shoot 20 yards, you know? Right. And I, even a bow hunter freestyler, it's 20 yards. I can drive tax at 20 yards. Yeah. But you put me in that scenario uh-huh. where, you know, it's 20 yards, but yet that guy's driving tax. Oh, shit. Now I got to drive tax. Yeah. Oh, crap. Look, a, a damn nine. Third shot, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Well, and we were talking about it, too. Like, that 10 ring... That tin ring is basically your 20-yard orange dot. And we can sit there all day and never miss that orange dot. I'm thinking about, I can, you know, typically when I'm practicing for outdoors, I'll shoot six arrows at a time and go pull them. And I know at 20 yards I can put six arrows in a dot, go pull them, put another six in, go pull them, and do it one more time. And I'm like, I basically just shot a Vegas round. Right. Like what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just I'm it's, gonna I'm gonna focus on outdoor right now, and I'll <laughs> I'll check back in on that a little later. Get some advice from from Riku yeah. <laughs> and other yeah. guys who you know who made it happen. It's that mental game, yeah. And you know that it's yeah. It actually comes as the same uh, when you're shooting outdoors too. Yeah, it know, does. As you're as you're creeping your way up towards the top of the best of the best. That mental game you mm-hmm. know, is is really the difference, you know? yeah. And it's a difference in all. It's a difference in the top of the line golfers and the top of the line, you know, baseball pitchers, and it's that mental game. You know? Yeah, um, 
what if Paul Tedford when he won Reading last year, mm-hmm. I heard him talking about it, and it, he was like, you know, I just I shot that whole tournament, I shot, um, however many targets there are, seventy five or whatever. He's like, I shot seventy five one arrow tournaments, yeah. you know, or two or whatever. But he's like, I stepped up to that target, and, um, that first arrow was my first tournament, yeah. and I I wanted to shoot, you know the best shot i've ever shot in my life yeah. i put it in the middle shot another one yeah did did started it all started all over. all over started a new tournament at that same spot and then moved on to the next target yeah you know and there's yeah. something to be said about that that's, that's what it comes down to you have to make sure you don't take that break mentally in the middle yeah you know and just continue to to focus and you know i don't have that desire and drive to focus i love shooting and i love shooting good but my heart a lot like a lot of other people is making sure that i'm good enough to where i go deer hunting yes you know i can put one through the heart and the lungs you know and that's that's always been my drive yeah you know that's what i love about target shooting is it has made me so much better of a hunter and i've dragged a few people that i've hunted with out to the archery club and after the first couple of tournaments, man, their eyes are as big around as a soft pan going, dude, now I know why you do this. Yeah. Yeah, because it makes you it, it, it makes you so much better just, you know, off the cuff. You know, you can do it without even thinking about it. You know, I listened to a podcast the other day with Levi Morgan mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that Levi was talking about was stuff that I did. You know, I'm not a big podcast listener guy. But, you know, I try to figure out what other people are doing as far as archery and, you know, curing target panic and that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of things that he does that I did, you know, that I've always done just to make myself a better bow hunter. You know, I switch releases so that I fight that target panic and I practice at 100 yards so that when you shoot 40 yards, it's like, how can you miss that? Good Lord, it's right there. Yeah. You know, and that kind of stuff that just helps you and drives you and makes you better and better. And I know when you guys shoot your outdoor tournaments, you know, when you shoot outdoor and you're shooting a lot of 60, 70, 80 yard targets and then you turn around and you shoot a Vegas round at 20, how can you miss? It's, it's 20 yards. It's right there, right? <laughs> you know, you're driving tax, but then mental part of it gets in and <laughs> yeah. start shooting like a retard, you know? I think. Uh, mentally challenged person. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to def- offend anybody that's in the same mental capacity as I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw recently, I think uh, so, something Tim Gillingham posted, kind of put it perfectly. He posted a Vegas target. Yeah. And it target number one was an X, number two was a 10, and number three was a 9. And he goes, number one is why I'm a really good ASA shooter. One arrow, right in the dot. Yep. Number two, uh, what do you say? Number two is why um, I haven't been winning... 3ds or something like that and or number two is why i can hold it together for 3ds or something right and number three is why i can't shoot indoors (laughs) 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 i'm like man looking at that i'm like yeah i know exactly what you're saying man that's something else if if everything in archery was one arrow we'd all be pretty amazing yeah yeah it's easy to focus for yeah that you shoot that first one and you're awesome and you shoot that second one thinking you're the shit and you put it out there in the eight like, oh my God, what the hell was that? 
<laughs> it happens, man. Yep. And what you said, I think, is so important because so many people, I think so many bow hunters can benefit from it. And even if it is just making Woodlake your one shoot you do a year or whatever, I, you're going to get hooked to where you want to do more, yeah. without a doubt. Yep. But it, it's like I can, I look at it like, the number of outdoor tournaments I've done, the the angles, the shots I've taken, knowing how well I can hit an orange dot or how close I hit to the center of that dot. Yeah. For me, it relates back like this year um, when I was elk hunting. Uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but you know I had my closest opportunity finally on an elk. And basically we... Um, some cows came down the hill, saw a big elk way behind him, like two, 300 yards, yeah. figured he's coming down. The cows saw us and just kept going and we're on a trail waiting and I'm like, my God, any minute, cause I'm seeing more and more cows coming. I'm like, any minute, this, this big ass bull is going to walk out and I'm going to have a 20 yard shot on him. And, you know, my heart's pounding and I'm super anxious and excited for it. But at the same time, I'm like... I'm like, you know, I'm super nervous, but I know I'm going to kill this thing right now. Yeah. I know no matter what, I'm going to put my pin where where I need to put it to kill this thing and I'm going to get a shot off that kills it. Even if it's a nervous and not my best shot in the world, my experience shooting tournaments, I know I'm capable of making a very ethical kill shot on this animal right now. Yeah. No matter what I do. And that kind of I, I had the excitement of getting ready for this shot, but I also was calm on yeah. that other side. Not, not going out there like a new bow hunter who just practices in his yard and is like, am I going to be able to keep it on this animal at 40 yards or whatever, you know? Yeah. For me, it's just that I would have felt the same way at 50 or 60. And in fact, if I was farther away knowing that the animal wasn't seeing me and I had time... Like that was a shot where I knew he was going to see me quick and I, I had a quick shot to take. Right. But knowing I'm farther away and I have time and I can take my time and make a good shot too for me would be a benefit. Yeah. But it all relates back to where it all started. And it's just getting at outdoor shoots and getting the experience in whether you got whether you've got your first target bow, whether it's your kids that you want to hunt with you or someone, everybody needs to get out and because there's something to be said when you know, hey, wait a minute, I can almost hit that orange dot every time, or I can keep it in that ten ring every yeah. time. I can kill this animal. Yep, yep. And that's, uh, I have some people because we were, uh, we were, me and my wife were uh, leaders in 4-H and had a lot mm-hmm. of 4-H parents and kids wanting to come out and shoot tournaments, and we're getting yeah. ready to take it over again. Uh, and I always tell them, look. Just come out. Yeah. Just come out. The rules will be explained. We'll put you with a group that, you know, is experienced and understand how the rules and they'll they'll, you know, help teach you, you know, where to go and how to shoot. That that's the easy part. Getting you there is the hard part. Once you get there, you'll you'll stay. You'll you'll yeah. shoot and come back. And we've dragged uh, a handful of our four H uh kids out there with their families now, you know, it was just the kid that was shooting. Now the parents both have bows and they're hanging out shooting. You know, they've kind of wanted to hunt and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's it's just show up. Show yeah. up. And if you don't want to shoot, walk half the hill. 
All right, dude, just see what's out there. I yeah. mean, archery, archery has those up and downs, and I think a lot of what what the sport gets relates back to movies and stuff coming out constantly. Yeah. Like everybody saw the big surge, like when you had Hunger Games yeah. come out, and you know it. For me at that time, it was so easy to sell an outdoor shoot. I I had a lot of people who'd come in the shop who like oh i want the hunger games bow or whatever or my daughter <laughs> one and i'm like yeah here well perfect here's this recurve package is 200 bucks get started check it out these are compounds if you're interested later and then immediately it's like but take a look at this we had that poster for a while with all the pictures from yeah. your guys's range and i was like you know this is some of the outdoor stuff right. this is what we do and then people are like what so you you walk around in the mountains and you're shooting all these different targets and yeah I'm like different angles it, it's it's exactly what drew you to the sport that Hunger Games stuff or yep. whatever movie you saw or whatever cool stuff you can do it yeah it, you it's can there. you can shoot paper targets 3D targets you can shoot different distances you yep. can be in the mountains exploring it's <laughs> yeah. it's a whole new thing like it's I mean it's not a new thing for archery but it's new it's something that you probably never knew existed and everybody thinks archery is just is you know standing, standing yeah standing in a field or standing in a shop shooting 20 yards yep. and they think that that's just so you can practice for hunting season right and yeah. and it is in a way that's how it all started for sure sure but i i've been wanting for a while now i've been wanting to bring someone along who can really take really good pictures and videos of different shoots throughout yeah. the year yeah. and i just want to put together a big um video that can be playing on the loop at the shop cool you know on one of the tvs showing all all the outdoor shoots and what what all is there right i mean seeing a group of 200 to 1800 yeah. up in reading like all these different groups of people at all these ranges and knowing you're gonna be shooting with a lot of people and have a fun weekend i think more people need to know about it for sure sure because sure. it, it still blows me away how many people don't yeah yeah that that have no idea i mean you you grew up into archery you know yeah uh, shooting with your dad i had no idea yeah i'm walking around an archery club as a paintballer and had no idea that that stuff existed right it, honestly it was shortly after that that I met a buddy of mine. You know, I was playing softball with him, and he's the one that got me into flinging arrows. Okay, you know, and you know, and that's kind of my start and tie into archery. You know, I was in my uh, twenty twenty one somewhere in there is when I started shooting shooting a bow, and you know, I had already been on archery <laughs> on archery ground, but didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to your bull? Oh yeah, so. <laughs> So that bull's come, we thought he's coming down the hill yeah. and we're sitting there. And like I said, the cows saw us and kept going and we're like, we need to just stay put. He's going to come right down on them. Wind was in our favor. Everything was good. And it's, and this was last light of my last day there. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, I'm going to shoot this bull right now. And we're going to be packing out till like four in the morning tomorrow mm -hmm. this is going to be a job yeah. but i'm like who Still cares is, i'm going to leave tomorrow morning with some meat in the truck and I'm, I'm all excited i'm planning it out already and i'm just waiting and he's not coming down I'm like what the hell is going on so 
so, you know, Chris, who's kind of been grooming me through all this, my hunting partner, who's really been helping me and he's gotten me, you know, really all my success in backpack hunting. Um, he's like, Hey man, you're on this thing. What do you want to do? I go, well, okay. He's not coming down the hill. We're in between him and his cows and the wind's working for us. Throw down a nasty bugle. Just sound like a monster between him. Let's see, see if that does something. And he's like, you got it. He threw out a big old bugle. We had, um, we had some sheds we had found. So we're banging them on the trees and, and throwing this bugle out. And finally we get a grunt back and we're looking up the hill and we hear the grunt down here. I'm like, what the hell? He got he he was already down the hill past us. And we thought we looked at it for a minute. I'm like, you know what? I bet, even though he didn't smell us, he probably didn't see us, he probably heard those cows dart off, even though he was a few hundred yards away when they saw us. And he was like, oh, fuck these guys. And he went probably another couple hundred yards down and then dropped down the hill where we couldn't see him. Yeah. And he he did it right under our nose we had sure. no idea it's no. like god dang these 900 pound ninjas <laughs> it's funny it's it really is funny you say that and the reason i asked it that way is uh this past september was my first elk hunt okay and i went up to montana with those same buddies of mine that are from reno yeah and they've been inviting me for years and i just couldn't put it together so this year i finally went and the thing that stuck out when you were talking is that bull was going to be within 20 yards and you were just, you knew that you were going to get your shot mm-hmm. and, and you weren't going to miss because of the practice. Right. And I had a bull and I had a big bull, especially for that area come down. He was above me going east to west. And as he crossed west, he was raking a tree up at about 30 yards from me. And I'm, I'm kind of out in the open, but there's a couple of scrub brushes and as when he was making his way, I saw him at 100 yards, and I'm by myself, and I see him coming, and I'm hunkered behind this bush. At that moment, I knew I'm going to kill this bull. I've got this bull because there's only two places he's going to go. He's going to go above me. I'm going to get a 35-yard shot, or he's going to stop short and come down the hill. Again, the wind is in my favor, and when he comes down the hill, I'll have a shot there at 28 to 32 yards. Yeah. And he ended up, uh, after he raked the bush above, instead of coming above, he backed up and went down where I thought he was going to. But in my inexperience, I drew, and he saw me through the bush and ran out at 40-plus yards. And by the time I got to where I could get a shot on him, he had he, he saw he was looking at me and turned and... and hit the hit the road and left but oh, just you, you you were nervous yeah i could i i swear i could hear my arrow bouncing on my rest yeah. but at that distance i practiced and practiced and practiced and i knew if he just stood there that much longer i'd have had an arrow in him yeah and, and he was gonna die good nice nice ethical shot he was done yeah and it's just that nervousness was oh my god that animal is massive yeah and there he's standing <laughs> and that was the nervousness it wasn't nervous about taking the shot you know because shoot it you know 30 yards their vitals look like it's a side you know a car door oh yeah you know, and you just can't miss and it's that 
that calming effect of I'm going to kill him because I know where to aim and I could I could practically punch my trigger and even if I miss uh-huh. I'm only going to miss by half an inch. All right. Half an inch still kills him, you know, yep. and it just didn't work out for either of us, but right. the feeling is just awesome. That's, oh yeah. yeah. And I mean that that was I mean this this first year in Oregon was such an adventure. We did Idaho 2 years ago and got snowed out and then it came back for deer season. Um, which I got a buck, yeah. you know, when we came back. But when we got into Oregon this year, I mean, it was, we got into them every single day. <laughs> and it was nice. just, it was so, I wouldn't trade any any of it for what happened. I mean, every yeah. moment was a learning experience for the next moment we would get into them. And like, for me, it was my first time stocking up on something and needing to be loud, which yeah. was kind of weird. You know, my my buddy Chris was like, hey, he's like, all right. So he's like, you smell that? I go, what? He goes, smell. I go, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, that's elk. I go, oh, my God, okay. And so we come in a little closer, and we can hear him, like, grunting. We hear a little noise, and there's a good little ravine in the bottom with some water running through it, a lot of food for them down there. So we're slowly, slowly making our way down. He's like 20 yards behind me, and he's cow calling. And then I look back at him, and he's like signaling me to, you know, stomp around or whatever. Because basically they he, they heard the cow call. They made some noise back. The wind worked for us. They thought we were a cow. Right. So I get to come down loud and get down and crash down there and do whatever and they're not moving and that was so weird to me be <laughs> crashing down on these animals and they're still staying put right. and i'm i'm 10 to 15 yards away and it is so thick that i cannot see a single one of them that's nuts i every now and then i'd get i just get a little blur of brown and i'm like oh they're right there man and i'm trying to find my spot trying to find something yeah and he kind of got off in a corner and and i think um a spike caught sight of him and then the whole herd took off yeah and then it was like you know the next day we got into him somewhere else <laughs> we got i got into a standoff with a couple of cows that had had a spike behind them but the cows were like 100 yards off but the place we were standing like we had nothing we couldn't do anything we had to stay still we couldn't move we couldn't go anywhere or they would see us yeah and it was like a 20 30 minute standoff just standing there waiting and making a new plan for the new opportunity to open up. Yeah, and they're, those things are so smart and so instinctual. Oh, yeah. Insane. It was crazy. And, and yeah, and like what you were saying, like those, that excitement and those feelings. Like for me, when I thought that one was coming down, I was excited thinking about the pack out until three or four in the morning. Yeah. I was just like, it's going to be fun. This is going to make a good story, man. This is oh, going to yeah. be so cool. Because <clears throat> I'd think back like on Idaho. I love, and, and people who ask me about it too really enjoy the story, you know, about how, you know, drop that buck at 6.30 p.m. and clean him out. And, you know, we hiked it back uphill to the truck and we didn't get back to my truck till after midnight. Right, right. You know, and it was just... well. That bull uh, that I was chasing around, we saw him three days earlier, <clears throat> and there's a lot of blowdown <clears throat> in that area. 
And my buddy, as we're coming off the top, there's another hunter up there, and we didn't want to mess him up, so we turned and we started coming back down. And I'm talking, you know, shoot, we're almost at 9,000 feet. And we start, we're on the ridge line between this treed area to the right and bare ground to the left. But mm-hmm. shit, you're talking, you know, six, 800 feet down sloping. And I see him walking in the meadow to the right on the bottom side of the trees. And I said, hey, hey, stop, look, look. And both our jaws dropped to the bottom. And, <laughs> you know, we had busted our ass that day. You know, and I'm no spring chicken, but, you know, I can walk a bit. And he looked at me and he goes, how much you got? And I said, let's go. You know, so we, not knowing where we could have gotten down easier, we took the right line. We get down there and we're busting and we're getting through all this crap, you know, blow down trees and whatnot. Start calling and he's calling back at us and then he's calling and moving away from us. Mm -hmm. So we decide, well, it's getting dark as hell. We got to get out of here because they've got some grizzlies in there. Oh, so (laughs) so we we start sneaking our way back out and uh, we end up realizing we ran across a uh, fire road that. You know, it's all overgrown and whatnot, but it's easier walking. So we ended up walking out the fire road to the fence and then back up the ridge line, which took us about a mile out of the way. But nonetheless, we got there a little bit easier. Yeah. But no, it was it was an adventure. It was a great time. Yeah, that's that's what it's about, man. And it's it's that time in the woods with a bow is you can't beat it. You know, I do. I do encourage anybody that's a bow hunter show up at your tournaments because that. Yes. Not, not only do you get better as a bow hunter, but you meet people that mm-hmm. you know. Hey, you know, I go elk hunting in Montana. Oh, well, I've never gone. Well, I always go alone. Do you want company? Yeah, I can never get anybody. You start running into people like that. You know, people that yeah. specialize in pig hunting, and you know that's all they want to do is go kill pig and you know chase hogs around or blacktail deer me i'm a whitetail hunter hey you want to learn to whitetail hunt i can teach you (laughs) you know that's that's my passion i just i absolutely love trying to outsmart a whitetail deer with a with a stick and a string sitting in a tree that shit just i just love it yeah they're so smart they're so instinctual with their nose much like a uh, an elk you know the only thing about them is you don't have to chase them up you know, the top of the <laughs> top of nowhere right you know and you know they they get into the rut and they start you know playing their games and cutting this trail and cutting that trail and some years you have great success and some years you don't but you know you can you can glean information sitting at a campfire mm-hmm. you know uh, at any tournament all you gotta do is go find them you know? yeah you know like uh your buddy that is taking you on your elk hunts you know yeah you just find them go mm-hmm. go talk to him and because he does he shoot tournaments uh he did for a while so he's actually um he's actually my wife's cousin mm-hmm. um so when her and i first were dating they he came down to visit um they all you know his his wife is her cousin mm-hmm. so they all came to visit grandma and um you know he he had a bow it was recently new to bow hunting like an old Bowtech Admiral, I think it was. Yep. And he showed up and uh, went to the shop and shot a little. And we got to know each other more. And um, he would come down for the Fresno Safari. And then he'd start upgrading bows. He would buy my old ones. He got into target shooting for a little while. Yeah. 
and um, and oh, I tried to get him. He won't. He still wants to to this day. I tried to get him every year to come to Woodlake, and he's like the <laughs> with work it just kills him because he's. Yeah. He's an accountant, and for who he was with at that time, it was a really busy season. Right. He's with Nike now, but it's hard for – he takes so much time for, you know, taking his hunting hunting season. season. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just slowly developed for him. But, like, through him, I've made other friends. And what you said is so important, just, like, through you guys, just, you know, I've – I've had I've talked to you guys about pig hunting around your area. I've I've met so many guys through archery. You and I both happened to meet different people from New Zealand yeah. who both who told both of us, "Hey, come out anytime and we'll take you hunting." That's like I said before we started this. That's like a $5,000 hunt for us. Yeah. That now we just have to pay our way there and and and, and get our trespass fee. I mean, that's amazing. Yes. You know, yes. you you just meet so many. I'm the number of people I know now too who who have told me, "Hey, if you want to come hunt here, just come do it." It's if I worked, if I only had to work three days a week, <laughs> oh my god, I would be hunting so much. If I because I wouldn't have to take days off for anything. If yeah. I worked Monday through Wednesday every every yeah. week, yeah. I would be able to hunt so much, and I would be using every connection I had. Yeah, my, my wife would kill me. <laughs> Oh, I know. Because uh, I only work four days a week. <laughs> three, three one week and four the next. Oh, but. man. Oh, I wish. I, I wish I could. But I, I would. I, she would. She would shoot me and bury me under the house. Yeah. Because <laughs> the grass would be so tall. She'd just throw me in the grass. Well, and that. See, that's what's hard for me, too, man. If, um, if it was only hunting for me, I would be year-round finding somewhere to hunt. Yeah. But with... With everything I want to do for target archery too, it's um, it goes back to like I was telling you before with Riku. He's uh, out there in New Zealand and he just podiumed in Vegas. I yeah. mean, he is the perfect example of what it takes because he's he's got he's a got a day job in construction. Yeah, you know, and he wants to be the next level. I'm sh- I'm sure he wants to only shoot a bow for a living right which he's probably way way closer now than he's right. ever been if he's not already there i will find out when i talk to him but right. you know his his story is for him he reached out to me because he was already friends with adam and some of the guys and he was shooting carbon craft when he heard a couple of my podcasts right. and he's like hey man i think uh I think I got something to talk to you about. I'm like, okay. And he comes on. We talked about hunting in New Zealand and everything else. And he's like, yeah, so last year was my first year in Vegas. And he showed up. And I think he said he shot an 899 or an 898. I'm like, dude, that's amazing for your first year. And he's like, well, I'm, he's like, you know, I'm really dedicated to this. I really want this. And I'm like, how do you juggle that? Because that's, that's what I'm going through, you know, trying to find the time to shoot you know, I like working out too. I want to stay fit and all that stuff. He's like, man, he's like, well, I get up at about 3 a.m. every morning and I shoot for two hours and then I go to work and I come home and the rest of the day is for the family. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that, that is crazy. That's, that's the dedication. I can't even get up at 
four to work out for 40 minutes. And like, so I, I looked at it and I'm like, you know, I have to, I have to come up with the same kind of thing that works for me. So what had been working lately is, um, I would, I would just work out at night after my kid went to bed and try to shoot when I got off of work before I was able to pick her up from school for an hour or two. Um, because she was in all the after school stuff, so you usually sure. can't get her till five thirty, anyways. Right. Or I get her and take her to shoot like I did yesterday. But and then when she goes to bed, I just stay up until I'm done with my time at the gym or whatever. Because it's the same thing; I'm getting yeah. the same amount of sleep. Right. So right. that kind of worked. But well, uh, I'll give one shout out to Heath Miller. Yeah. Okay, Heath won Vegas what three years ago? Four somewhere in there. Uh, in the Bowhunter Freestyle. That's right. God. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Heath and I, we got to know each other up in uh, uh, Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Uh, he showed up one year, had nobody to shoot with, jumped into my group. Well, my group consisted of me and my wife and, you know, five of my kids. So everybody assumed he was my oldest kid. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I love Heath to death. He's a great kid. Kid, shit, he's in his 30s. But, yeah. Um, so Heath was shooting at the shop down in uh, Aurora Grande, I think. Yeah, it was like a f- uh, farm, yeah. farm supply farm or supply. something. Yeah. yeah. So they also had an archery shop up there, and Heath mm-hmm. was in charge of all the archery stuff. So you know, he was able to, at work, pound arrows and shoot and shoot yeah. and shoot and shoot and shoot. And you know, he's a hell of a shooter. Uh, and I know that he shot a, a, a 99 and a, or a, yeah, a 99 and a 98. And then uh, he wanted that 300. So uh, on the final day, he ended up shooting his 300 and winning by a point. God dang. Man. Yeah. So, you know, that that dedication, even at work to shoot, yeah. know, can slip by. And he, you know, he did it right. And yeah. that dedication is hard to come by, you know, on our levels. You've got a job. I've got a job. You know, just there's so few people that make a living flinging arrows that you know it you have to be great <laughs> and then in order you know great is good but you have to have the time and the dedication to shoot yeah get up, get up two hours early uh riku's his name right yeah uh, like riku does and just shoot two hours early you know it first thing in the morning man that's that's dedication mm-hmm. no wonder he's won it yeah or no wonder he's well and uh, and for for guys like us too it takes it takes something big now it takes that one big hit before you can have the opportunity to make that jump yeah you know it takes the vegas win or i mean vegas is really if you can do vegas if you can win there or podium there you did something you yeah. really accomplished something and those bow companies and sponsors everybody should be looking at that person yeah you know um but there, there's a lot of others out there that if you can accomplish something there, you, you'll get seen. Right. Um, and, and that's what's crazy because, like, he's, he's been New Zealand national champion for I, – I, I know he is this year. I don't think it's his first year. Right. I think he's been for a few years. And it still didn't push him over the top until he came here and proved and showed everybody that who he is and what he is. Yeah. Well, you know that you're. It's a narrow field in archery, anyway. Yeah. And like I said, you're dealing with 
you know, the best of the best, you know, those guys that have instant name recognition and that's all they do is make yeah. money flinging arrows and you know, that's that dedication and that time and personality. You go to New Zealand, New Zealand's a lot smaller than it is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that name recognition just doesn't jump out like it normally does. But you show up in Vegas and you you know, you beat those guys out and you end up third, you know, podium and making a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it helps. It goes a long ways. So, yeah, definitely. You know. Don't know. I've never shot Vegas. <laughs> never, never had the time, actually. Really? You know, yeah. Just this time of year, we're always getting ready for the shoot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, you always shoot Reading, don't you? Uh, not always. I haven't oh, shot okay. Reading the last couple of years. Uh, my work schedule, when I was working as a detective, yeah, I, we shot Reading several years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but my job where the departments that I've worked for, uh, you're either working weekends or weekdays and, uh, just, there's no slack, you know, there's yeah. no ability to swap days and work, you know, don't work this and work that. And then Reading being so far and then having to having to bail on Thursday so you can shoot Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you get done so late Sunday, grabbing everything and then bailing to get home so I can be back to work at 5 a.m. It just, it's near mm-hmm. impossible. So, yeah, when I was a detective, you know, it was easier. I could take uh, Thursday, Friday, and then Monday off, and then, you know, scoot back nice and easy, you know, but I, I haven't shot it in a couple of years. Most of my kids have shot it. They love it. Yeah. Uh, Redding's a great shoot. Oh yeah, you know, they, I, I've shot it a couple of times when it was two days. Uh, I wouldn't do it again if they went back to oh, two no. days. I'd never go. But now that it's three, it's it's a lot better format. It's easier on kids. They you know they can shoot it a lot easier. And with the numbers of of competitors they're at now, I I can't ever imagine it's even possible for them to go back to two days. Yeah, no. it couldn't be because now I watch too. Like the first year, it was three days. Dude, we got done shooting every day at like one o'clock. Yeah. And the and then we've since then it, it's gone up another four or five hundred shooters still. Yeah. So now it's it's to the point where, on a good weekend, depending on where you start, we'll typically be done every day between two and three thirty. Yeah, that's about when. Which typically. Yeah, which isn't too bad. No. Really, mm-hmm. it's a pretty, you know, it's. It's shorter than most forty-two target days are. Sure, sure. So, it's it's a lot of, you know, shoot and wait. A lot shoot of waiting, wait. yeah. But, you know, it it comes back to, you go into Reading. You know what Reading is. You know all mm-hmm. you're gonna do is sit there and wait for, uh, you know the, the hours. You know some targets are a lot longer. You know, and double up on Bigfoot and then spread back out yeah. and all that stuff. You know, it's it's really no big deal as long as you're prepared for it. Yeah. You know, rating's a fun shoot. You know, I I love shooting Fresno. Fresno's a good shoot. Oh, yeah. Lodi's a good shoot. Uh, Madera's got a good range. I've shot Frisco. I've shot uh, Santa Inez, um, San Diego, uh, Santa Clarita. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I got a chance to shoot a lot of ranges uh, with uh, police and fire games. Oh, know, okay. Because they bounce around to other ranges and whatnot. That's cool, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's a fun format. Yeah, I get to shoot Reno, you know, a couple other places. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, we've shot... When I was younger, we 
when that was when we first got into it um i think it was the oakland turkey shoot was the first outdoor shoot i ever went to and we were immediately hooked my dad (laughs) and i of course and we did pretty much everything the state had to offer up and down so we did almost every range i think san diego was probably one of them we the only ones we never made it to yeah um but now you know now it's basically it's it's wood lake and our outlaw stuff for me and sure. you know leading into redding right and i i have to i definitely have to be more realistic with what we do for family time and stuff like that too oh, yeah. so yeah Well, um, a couple of years ago, we went, uh, the wife and I and all of my kids went to uh, Washington, D.C. for the World Police and Fire Games. They were in D.C. And it was a three days of shooting broke up by one day. You shoot two days and then there was a day break and I shoot another. That's cool. Which was great. You know, you shoot a field round, you shoot an unmarked 3D and you shoot a 900 round. Yeah. You know, you get the gamut, you get the the differences, and you get to meet a lot of different people. Like when I was talking earlier about meeting uh, Rod Gribble from uh, New Zealand. You know, just I met his buddies at uh, Fresno a couple months before. I got to meet Rod. Just great people. Yeah. So uh, coming up in twenty twenty one is the World Games in uh, Rotterdam, uh, Holland. Oh, nice. Yeah, and. <laughs> Knowing how they run their competitions and wanting to go to Europe because my daughter's over in uh, Ramstein, Germany, will probably oh go. cool yeah so uh, you probably you remember Tony yeah yeah oh yeah she's in she's in Germany how cool yeah she's actually trying to get their archery uh, course opened back up uh, over there on the base it's been closed because nobody uses it and shoots it oh, and, i'm surprised it's closed archery's so big in europe yep. everywhere else it's yep. it's such a big thing and so nationally supported yes you know? so uh it's a nice feeling that woodlake as a club reaches to yeah. germany you know and if she can get it back open and uh you know get some targets and get things going over there that directly comes from Woodlake. How know, cool. From, from her starting to shoot there and being able to fling arrows and the camaraderie that she got there, you know, so. Definitely. You know, yeah, it's it's a good time, you know. It's it's, it's <laughs> neat. It's it's a very interesting sport. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like calling it a sport because, <laughs> I'll tell you this one, um, I again, I've done the police and fire games uh, both in the state and then the in the country and then in the world and one year with the sheriff's department we had several competitors go to different sports in the police and fire games we had uh bodybuilders we had uh uh weightlifters we had runners and we had my fat dumb ass shooting a bow <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> The boss gets all of us, uh, Sheriff Whitman gets all of us in his office with our medals so he can take picture. And I've known Sheriff Whitman for years, and he looks and he goes, Hey, John, what do you think about all this? And I looked at the boss and I said, You know, I think it's a crock of crap. He goes, What do you mean? I said, All these guys work their ass off. I drink beer and shoot a bow. Well, it's hard calling it a sport, but I tell you what, it's something. It's an activity that ain't easy to 
to, to perfect. That's for no, sure. No, not at all. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing too. If you want to do the higher level of this and want to shoot pro division, it's, it's as close as perfect too perfect as it's ever been. It shoots, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. I mean, Paul Tedford won Reading two down last year. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Two down. Two down. And who's to say he doesn't do it again this year or clean it? Right. You know, or someone, I mean, yeah, the, the which, course record's one down. Yeah. Which <laughs> which two did he miss? Right. right. That's the nuts part of it. You know, just, God, did he miss a birdie? Yeah. What but, if he bobbled on a 20-yarder and this year is like, oh, I'm locking it down and, yep. you know, secures the new record there or whatever. But, I mean, it won't be long before outdoor shoots have a, a 5, 10, 15 guy shoot off all at a perfect score. Right. Just like red or just like Vegas. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a possibility. I mean, if guys work like they're working now, it's going to yeah. happen. You'll get a couple of them. And that's why they they've been talking a lot lately. I've been hearing it in different places um about switching up, you know, what we do outdoors and coming up with a new dot shoot. Yeah. And um I just saw it um promoted by Bow Junkie, I think. Um, they're called, I think it's called Tea Time Archery mm-hmm. and it's, it's a paper target. Like you can buy them for the club and try them out at the club at one of your guys' shoots. And it's, um, it's a big orange dot that that's par, a smaller dot, different color. That's a birdie and a smaller dot, a different color. That's an eagle. And you get to decide which one you want to shoot at, at each distance, you know? Mm-hmm. So... So you're shooting for, you know, above or minus par at this point, which changes the whole game. Yeah, yeah you know? no kidding. Go for the birdie and shoot the shoot the par. You're down one. Right. Nice. Or you know you're getting to the final day, especially if like if there was a way like you know like in Vegas on the third day you shoot with everybody that you're close to. Yep. If that happened outdoors too. And the the third day you ended up shooting grouped, grouped with, and and now you're watching, God dang it! I'm tied with this guy and he just shot he just shot the birdie target, yeah. and you know yeah. am I gonna shoot it here or am I gonna wait? Am I gonna see what happens in five more targets? Like it it's just a whole new game I yeah. think. Yep. Well, that was one of the discussions we had at one of our archery club meetings, uh, uh, last month, not February but January was that same format because shooting the state field uh you shoot in that format you know years ago when i shot it was up in the bay area and day one you shoot with whoever you want day two you're shooting with your competition nice so it's a great format just like the broadhead you know the broadhead is shot that way yeah except now they've opened up the broadhead for uh uh cubs Cubs or peewee? No, it's not peewees. Cubs can now shoot the broadhead. Oh, okay. And that was my question to our legal rep was when you you need to take this back to your constituents and have a discussion because if I'm shooting and my competition, you pair me up with the other three guys that are in the lead and one of them has a kid, I am all for letting kids shoot. But now we're shooting a broadhead tournament and that's a little different, you know. You got a eight or a nine year old shooting a broadhead at an unmarked distance, 
things could get dangerous. So mm-hmm. it it then puts me at a disadvantage if I don't do well with kids in a dangerous position, you know. And so they had that discussion, and they ended up deciding that yeah, they're gonna let them shoot it anyway. And if the if the other three people in the group decide not to let them have the child shoot, they gotta find somebody else, or they can't finish the shoot. It's like well. Who's going to be that jerk, you know? Right. But, you know, trust me, I don't mind having kids shoot, but I I truly think that it should have been 12 and up, you know, let them shoot if they're able to hunt with a bow. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I can see that. They didn't do that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. That's... Yeah, I mean, you get to an issue, too, when you're light enough poundage trying to shoot a broadhead out of it that you're not even going to stick in targets yeah. at a certain point. Because there, there will be people who are just going to throw a broadhead on the lightest one they can on a kid's bow and just hope you can stick the target. Yep. But in reality, they would never hunt with something like that. No, no. Um, you know, I think... So I've been thinking, because I asked you earlier if you guys think you'd bring back that... Um, 3d um unmarked that you do on on saturday evenings the one-on-one yeah the one-on-one and uh, which i think you guys definitely should that that was a lot of fun but maybe maybe too uh look into those targets i was just telling you about yeah and you can just put one at each distance on the practice range right and have and do a like a some kind of shoot off a little cash pot shoot off for those and see how those work. You could still do a one-on-one. Yeah, you still do a one-on-one for that too. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Blind draw one-on-one and you stand and you start at 10 yards and, you know, the guy number one shoots shoots his par and yeah. someone else steps up and shoots the birdie and wins it. Yep. And then you move on. And then now you, and then by the time this is over, you're standing at 70 Seven yards, yards deciding what you're going to shoot at. I think it could be really cool. <laughs> huh. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll get the name of the targets i'll take a look yeah see if we can incorporate it if not this year maybe next year yeah because from what it looks like it looks like you just from the company you just order their paper targets yeah it looks like that's all it is hmm. which is kind of cool because i think their par dot is it looks to me like it's the regular orange dot size and standard dot yeah. for that distance yeah but so before we wrap up, what do you think about? Uh, you think you guys can pull those three Ds back out and do that this year? You know what? I yeah, think be fun. it's a, it's a possibility. Uh, what I'll do when I leave is I'll hit up uh, Ricky. Uh, obviously, this time of year I'm working weekends because I've changed jobs. But yeah. I'll hit up Ricky, and as long as uh, I've got someone that can run it, as soon as we break from the morning and have everybody go up and shoot. Uh, all I need is somebody that can uh, take money and run it. It's it's, it's not that hard to do, and it's it's a good shoot. I like the one on one stuff. Yeah. You know, we'll put a couple of targets up, and you know, we can put six or eight of them up, and you know, that's all they, that's all you need. Yeah. You know, the only issue is if if we get too many people and people get off the hill late, it's a little bit too dark. That's what I was gonna say. That I think that's probably what I figured was stopping you guys from doing it for a few years because you know as those numbers go up and you got a lot of shooters there's there's people who are getting off at four 
yeah. you know, four o'clock to five o'clock, yeah. depending on how long they stop at each snack bar and yeah. all the clouts and I'm stuff like snack that. Bars, man, we just get rid of them. <laughs> no, don't do that, man. <laughs> I overeat way too much at that shoot. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> should. No, we could. It's something that we could do. It's not that hard because uh, all you do is you just tell everybody, "Look, we're gonna have a one-on-one shoot. We're gonna yeah. start it at three thirty, rain or shine." people are done or not done doesn't matter we're going to do a one-on-one mm-hmm. uh, you know we'll have a sign up right over there and we just got to announce it and make sure people uh know and show up yeah yeah because i i think it was always cool too because a lot of i mean it, a lot of bow hunters won that yeah you know because they always feel too like they can gain their advantage on guessing that yardage yep and you know it worked out good yeah or if anything um because you guys just kind of did it sideways there in the practice range, which was, what, never more than like 50 yards? Yeah. Yeah, I think our longest one was 50 or 48 or something in there. Yeah. Yep. So it probably wouldn't even be too hard to have to make sure you've got a light on that end if you had to shoot when it was getting dark, too. It could be doable, I think, but yeah, it's it makes possible. it even harder to judge the yardage. Yeah, yeah that's a tough part. Yeah. I mean, we all you guys have great lighting in that thing at night too for the practice range because right. I've shot there pretty late at night a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, with just the lights that we have there at the practice range, you can shoot forty yards fairly easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty well lit up. If if somebody's really dying to try to sight in and they showed up late and they got you know a problem, yeah, you can shoot forty yards pretty easy. Yeah, it'd be a little tough to like you said judge your yardage, especially side to side instead of with, right with the 40 yard uh <laughs> practice but but yeah it, hey we can we got plenty of targets let's yeah yeah we'll give it a shot cool let's see if i can get someone to do the one-on-one yeah that, that would be really cool if i was off the hill early early enough i would help but yeah. i'm sure i'll be one of those last guys off the hill too because <laughs> yeah. i i mess around at every one of your guys's clout shoots yeah you'll want to shoot it so <laughs> yeah we'll we'll get you in it cool all right, man. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap up. We kind of went over everything, and um, we'll put this out there everywhere I can. And I hope, man, I hope we break the record of attendance out there. I hope so too, man. Come on <laughs> out and enjoy the shoot. You're, you're one of the people that know best how our shoot runs and how fun it is. So, oh yeah. You know, just drag as many people as you can out, and we'll yeah. just have a good time. It's all that matters. As much as I'd love to see it explode, at the same time, it's I feel like it's my, uh, it's our like. The, va- the valley archers it's our little hidden secret like everybody loves it <laughs> yeah yeah keep loving it you know I, yeah truly through that tournament is how i've got to know you and mm-hmm. tim and adam and so many of the other guys you know i just that oh yeah that's how i know you you know I, yeah i see you at other shoots and shake your hand and give you a hug but that shoot i spend a little extra time farting around on friday and saturday nights and say hi and you know it's it's like good old friends that's all it is yep it's a good time for everyone absolutely bring the whole family everybody come on out